Your Majesty, we'll pay whatever price you set for your goods. They are not for sale. Until the spiritual advancement of the West catches up to the technological prowess, it would be irresponsible to share our scientific discoveries with you. Are you calling everyone here irresponsible children? No. More like sullen teenagers who feel more mature than their behavior warrants. The fact that every conversation here is framed in terms of profit and power says it all. You could have made half these breakthroughs yourself. But there's too much money to be made in misery. Why cure a disease when people pay for medicine? Why provide cheap energy Yeah, we when... get the point, Tachaka. <laughs> I've never met a socialist with a crown on his head before, but... I guess there is a first time for everything. Who gave you permission to use my first name? I-I am sorry. I did not mean to offend. I understand your frustration in dealing with a black man who can't be bought with a truck full of guns, a plane full of blondes, and a Swiss bank account. But please, hold on to what little class you have. Your Majesty, I truly apologize. This meeting is over. You're traveling to another radio show. A broadcast not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind. A journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination. That's the on-air sign up ahead. Your next stop, Afro Nerd Radio. With your guides, Dee Bird, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl D. And introducing West Coast correspondent, Miss Claire Linnae. Mind expansion engaged. Wakanda forever! That's what they're saying. Folks, guess what? Your boy is back, and I have a whole bunch of people with me. I have the border tribe with me. I'm going on in. I'm going all in, folks. If you haven't guessed it, this is the Grindhouse edition of Afro Nerd Radio featuring yours truly, the Afro Nerd, D Burt. Uh, of course, we have the uncanny Daryl B, I think. He said he may be popping his head in. We have the captain, and we have, hopefully, our left coast correspondent, Claire Lene. We're going to dig in deep. Let's just not kid ourselves. The majority of the discourse will probably be discussing the success, the importance, and maybe some of the controversial underpinnings of the Black Panther film. Um, we, matter of fact, folks, I just we just came back with the Inner Sanctum, the Sanctum, sanctum Santorum. Uh, shout out to to 
Marlon, Sally V. Uh, we just came back from a second showing, their first, our second showing of the Black Panther film. So we're somewhat committed. Maybe we should be committed. I don't know. The call-in number. The call-in number remains the same, folks. 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. By the way, I brought a friend, a friend of the show, Mr. Paul Louise Julie. Now, you know him from going back a few shows ago. Um, we, we, we appreciate his support, and he's back again. We, we've discussed Johansi before, but now it's, it's ready to rock and roll. We, he has a Johansi Afrofuture tale himself. Johansi is a Kickstarter campaign, and it, it is an animated film forthcoming. I think we want to see a trailer first. He's working on that, or a short film and then we're going to see a full Blu-ray, uh, full-length film treatment. But he, but he needs your help. I'll put the link to his Kickstarter page in our chat room. But he's, he's, he's here to discuss the Johansi the movie. But, of course, you know, he lit, this, he lit the, the, the cyberspace on fire with his opinions about Black Panther, about the concept of a Black Panther film. And now... We're back with it fully realized, so I'm, I'm very intrigued to see what he has to say about this film. So anyway, you know how this works, people. We're going to do a quick Herb Alt groove, which is part of this whole blurredism. You know, the New York Times is telling us that this is the revenge of the blurs. I kid you not. Blurs allegedly have arrived. I thought we were always here, <laughs> but it takes the corpus to tell you that you are here. Okay, I digress. We're going to dig in deep, folks. Trust me, we're going to dig in deep. So let's get to this herb alt Afro future groove, all that kind of stuff. This is Thundercats, them changes. We'll give you about two minutes, and then we're going to get some fire onto the discourse. Let's groove. Deep in the cup, I'm drowning 
again, we have the the mighty. <laughs> why am I losing my my sense of bearing right now? Uh, Thundercat, <laughs> Thundercat, them changes already. I'm starting to mess up. Let's just get into it, folks. I'm very excited to discuss this. We have a lot to really chomp at the bit. I see our left coast correspondent. Her invisible plane is just just dropped. Let's get into it, Captain. You know Captain Kirk. He's just arrived. Guess what? I beamed him into the palace of the Wakandan head state. Captain, let's get to it. No beam. Music wouldn't even come up, so let's go. There you have it. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> uh, and as I said, our left coast correspondent, Claire Lene is into his house, so let me bring her in as well. We've got to get her, her appropriate funk music in. There you go. A much-needed cast member of this saga. Such as a hell of a lot of knowledge, a lot of verbs. We could not do the show without her. Just that funk. Need something. She is the love of Claire Lene. Claire, is that you? It is I. Oh, great, 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 great. And let me uh, bring in Paul Louise Julie. Paul, are you there? Yes, I am. Terrific. Welcome to the show again, sir. Um, I had had to have you on because uh, if, if you go back quite a few shows ago, and he's been he's been on intermittently. Um, he is a content creator, an animator, uh, a graphic novelist, and uh, we appreciate his, his, his works. And the latest one, of course, is Johansi, which we discussed before when he's on the show. But now, a man of his word, you have this Kickstarter campaign, and I, I want to tie it in to the Black Panther because the Black Panther, we, we, we all – we're very um, – being honest, we're appreciative that it has reached fruition. It's here now. It was always an idea. Now it's actually here. I've seen it twice. And it is about putting Afrofuture into the public sphere. But folks like yourself have, have been about that life for quite some time. And I say, and I, say I want to see a Johansi movie just as, much, just as much as I want to see a Black Panther film. So I'm going to give you the floor for a few moments, and then we'll dig in. So kind of go through your campaign, and then we, we're going to tie it in to the Black Panther, and we're going to open up the lines and really get into it. Your thoughts, Okay. Sir? Well, um, thanks thanks for that, that extensive intro there. appreciate it. Um, well, uh, Johansi is uh, – um, uh, I started back in 2016 as this, this off-the-cuff idea. I mean, as, as you know, I'd, um, I had uh, originally just come off my first flagship series, The Pack, which is uh, called a, a – a, a pack of, of Egyptian or Egyptian and Nubian werewolves in a mythical version of Africa, which is this secondary fantasy world that I created called Aya. And I've always been interested in many different genres of fantasy and not just high fantasy, uh, um, which, which the pack is, uh, is, is a proper example of, but also into sci-fi and space opera. And because of the extensive research and work that went into creating the pack, in the world of Aya, I, I, I realized that um, if if I wait until I'm done with that, I'm not going to have enough time to branch out into the other genres I wanted to cover. 
So I decided to to take a risk and uh, and and launch this crazy idea of what if I made it? Uh, what if I took the research I already did and made an African space opera? Because I always liked Star Wars. I always want to do something in that type of genre, and that's when that's how Yahantu was born. That was back in 2016. And as a matter of fact, I just made I made the poster first before actually making the comic book, and that poster itself went viral um, about six months before I actually completed the book because at the time I was still working on the pack issue three. So I had to wait until I was done with that before I could work on Yohansi 1. And then when Yohansi 1 dropped, it, 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 uh, it really um, it took off like wildfire because I had no idea how it was going to work, how, how it was going to be accepted. And I realized that I just tapped into this, uh, this, this unknown need that, that, uh, that, that, um, that many black nerds had in general, especially people like me or that, that grew up. Um, and 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 uh, and and at the time when you only had uh, the, the the Star Wars original trilogy, there's only one there's only one black character in Orlando. So every time like you know you got through school, you're playing, you're role playing Star Wars. Uh, you can never be Luke Skywalker. You can't be Darth Vader. You can't be Han Solo. You can't be any of those characters. Uh, you, you always have to be Lando Calrissian. And and I, I love Lando, so I'm excited to see uh, Donald and and uh, who's going to play him perfectly in the Solo movie. But that always filled a void for me because, you know, I always wanted to be Han Solo. I always wanted to be Luke Skywalker, any of these characters. And there are other black people that felt the same way, too. Um, but more importantly, it's not just having a main black character in, in a sci-fi world. It, now we had a chance to create a, a futuristic um, world, uh, or well, actually several worlds, a super secret universe, that can show what black, uh, sorry, what, what, what African excellence looks like if it's been pushed uh, without any interruption thousands of years into the future you know so so, so not just saying um oh this is the most advanced uh, culture in the world but, but like you see many times with wakanda in the books actually showing I, I, you know like actually showing that you know like for instance when when, when when you see a bounty hunter you see the armor you have to see how it could how it could physically work um and and you have to you have to um, uh, you, you have to see, uh, 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 you have to feel that it could stand up next to um, Boba Fett's armor or, or, or a stormtrooper or something like that. You can't j- 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 just put a guy, you know, in, in a spear and a shield and say, oh, well, um, he's really advanced, you know, but, but uh, you just don't see the technology. It's not there. That, that's lazy. You have to actually think about how you're actually going to do it. And that takes a lot of work. A lot of, you, have, you have to go through many different simulations because... Um, you have to go through the, to the original source. You have to go through to the original, um, the original cultural source um, that that has that, that has that's evolution has been stopped uh, because of colonialism, and you have to go back to right to that to that point where you left off. You know, probably like 500 or 600 years ago, like you know, like before colonialism uh, stopped the progress of that culture, and then you have to simulate, uh, sorry, simulate the the past for four to six hundred years um, without any Western influence whatsoever. Put, push that forward and have and, and have it um, incubate within its own juices, so to speak, and then from there you can start to extract what um, what, what it could possibly be, you know, a, th- a thousand years beyond that point. And then there's the other work of building a space opera and world building and, and adapting certain things and making everything work. So that's that's the, that was the monumentous task of creating Yohansa. And um, I had no idea how I was going to do it, but I'd already come back come from doing the pack, so I, I went ahead and did it. Um, issue one was a success. Issue two was an even bigger success. Uh, we raised sixteen thousand dollars on our first Kickstarter to print those books uh, last year, and that was when I decided that it's finally time to move move on with uh, phase two of my plan. Because um, or, or, um, uh, about last year, I'd, I'd done uh, a, a um, um, an expo. Uh, well, I tried to do an expo for my uh, 
uh, for my company. And I stopped in, in, in the, it was supposed to go on for like three days. And I stopped in the middle of it because uh, I'd realized that um, all the plans I'd planned for that year were completely turned upside down because now I had completely different plans now, you know, from before, like a few months ago when I was planning it. Uh, and I had much, much bigger plans for everything. And those plans, and, and I, I believe I spoke about this last time on Afro too. I, I said that you know, I wanted to, um, my goal was to make a feature film. That's where all this was, was ever going. You know, the, the, that's the best way to tell a story, in my opinion. That's what I grew up on. That's my training. When you read the comics, everything is, is, a, is a cinematic narrative style. And that's exactly what, um, what I, want, I wanted to, to go into. And uh, so from that point on, this is about um, at the beginning of 2017, up until now, I've been, I've been laying the groundwork to, to build a proper studio. And now we're finally ready to, to launch the Yohante movie. And it just so happened that our Kickstarter coincided with the release of the Black Panther. And, and, and the irony behind that is that some people would think, well, that's perfect then, because then you can tap into that, 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 uh, that, 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 the, the hype surrounding Black Panther. Well, it turns out the exact opposite happens. We've actually been eclipsed by the Black Panther. And um, as happy as I am that Black people are, are, are finally being interested in the genre, it is saddening because most of them do not care about the indie creators that have been here before, or, or more specifically, the indie creators that are not doing this as part of a publicity stunt, the indie creators that want to create um, an actual studio and, and are fully capable of doing that and have proven that they can do that up, up until now. Well, um, well, hold on, and, hold on. Yeah. Let, me, let me stop you there because uh, we have a lot of show, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have I'm you, sorry. of course. No, it's okay. okay. But I, where, you, where you stopped is where... Um, you know, when we were discussing, again, to the listening audience, we're talking about Mr. Paul Louise Julie of the PAC fame and now of Johansi fame. And uh, just to kind of rejigger things a little bit, you are looking for 60K for what the short film part of it or the trailer part of it, and you want 300K for the completion of the film, correct? Uh, well, well, first, that's the question of need, not, not necessarily want. But, 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 but yes, yeah, so the, the, the 60K is... is uh, is the bare minimum that we need to uh, to create a short film, which is which then gives us something concrete that we can take to studios and get bigger funding. But if we can manage to make to make it to three hundred thousand, which which actually is much easier than, than than people realize if if people just know about it. I think that's the part that I was trying to get at that that's that's really frustrating is that um, for the uh, for the price of a movie ticket, you know, like like ten to uh, like ten twenty dollars. If you have like about a couple thousand people that, that, that each that, that each uh, um, uh, tap into that, um, it's not that hard for us to to get to a point where we can get a uh, hundred thousand or three hundred thousand. And because it were necessarily a small operation, and and and, and I've, I've set up the infrastructure of the studio already and have all a, a small talented cast ready to go, we can make a two-hour feature film for about a hundred thousand to three hundred thousand dollars. So okay, now, now yeah. on that on that point. Uh, let me just lead our listenership again, folks. In the chat room, we have the link to uh, Mr. Julie's Kickstarter campaign. So, if you can contribute, and if you're really about that business, this is what what I was talking about. And you know, listen, I, I I'm not going to be so um, heartless to. I know I can come off that way because I, I was a little bit. I'm going to confide in you, Paul. Is that I, I felt a certain kind of way when I saw. The Panther So Lit folks. I don't, I don't want to just dump on that, but the Panther So Lit people dancing and joy and this kind of thing. And I said, okay, that's fine. Okay, it's fine, 
but I don't want people to be dancing to such a degree that, that they overlook independent creators like yourself where we could actually eat off of Black Panther. If we can't – I don't uh, – Disney should be contributing money to the black community this time around. I have my own feelings about that. Uh, uh, Claire Lene, uh, all of us, many of us felt the same way. I understand it, but I think it's a little bit it, – it's a little bit short-sighted. If we can't, if we, if we can't get a, a contribution to the black community, whatever that would mean, by the way, that's too ambiguous. What we should be doing is appreciating this cultural moment, as you said, appreciating that it's, it's engendering interest for, for people of color, black people specifically, in this genre. But it's not going to mean anything if it's just a moment in time and we don't build off of the popularity of Black Panther – into the entire expanse of black fantasy, of Afrofuturism, and, and all these other ancillary groups also that have a, have a, a chance to have their stories told. It, we, we can't just dance and be happy when Master throws you a crumb, and then two months from now, no one knows it, no one gives a damn. So well, that, it's, that, it's not even going to be two months. I mean, they're, they're already starting to, uh, to push Infinity War right now, already. They're already moving on from Well, let, let me... Let me uh, let, let's, cause I'm, I, I don't want to. You're almost like a gun that I, I'm afraid to pull the trigger. So, so, so I know, I know, we're going to get it in. We're going to get it in. But I want to open up the lines. I want to go to our left coast car, left, left coast correspondent. Pardon me, Claire Lene. We're going to pass the mic around. I see that the lines are opening. Um, I see callers there. Calls. I'll get to you in two seconds. Again, folks, this is the Grindhouse special Black Panther edition of the Grindhouse. The call-in number, as always, you know the drill by now: six four six nine one five nine six two zero. Again. Six four six nine one five nine six two zero. So I'm gonna uh, pass it around. I want to I hear what Claire thinks. Claire, did you get a chance to check out the flick and give us your impressions? And don't hold back. And then we'll pass it around. I'll give you. We'll, we'll get the mic out to everybody. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I I, <laughs> I certainly enjoyed it. I certainly enjoyed it. There are aspects of it, and here's the thing. I'm not sure if I want to delve in too deep because I'm worried about spoiler territory. Spoiler. I re- I don't want to ruin anything for anyone. This is definitely something that you all must see if you haven't already. If you haven't already seen it multiple times. But um yeah, there are definitely aspects of the of the film that I'm excited about that I'm I was thrilled to see that I was absolutely, you know, hoping would would deliver would deliver upon seeing the initial trailers. And then there are certain aspects that I kind of felt like, okay, well, that could have probably been done a bit better or, you know, there are certain things like especially when it comes to um but this is te- very technical. This is just very technical. And this is all what I'm talking about is very structural. Um certain things that could have been polished or handled maybe a bit better. Um, overall, I really enjoyed it. I love how it sets itself apart from every other of the 17 MCU films that came before it. I'm absolutely thrilled about the money that it's made. I'm thrilled about, you know, the the potential, the possibility, you know, the opportunities that this may this may create. Yes, I use the word may, may create, because frankly, I'm just not 
at the point in my life where I'm as hopeful about anything. I'm, unfortunately, the cynicism has very much become part of my worldview. Um, my girls, I'm telling you, my girls would have to be Okoye and Shuri, played by the fabulous Denai Gurria and uh, Letitia Wright. Um, just fabulous, absolutely, to me, remarkable. Um, my favorite characters. And overall, I just, I'm, I'm really thrilled. I'm really thrilled with the success of the film, and I, and I, I, I can't wait to see those numbers. The box office numbers keep climbing, man. I just can't wait to see, you know, all the success and and the possibilities that this will bring. Like I said, I have a lot of thoughts on it. It's just, to be honest with you, there's a lot to process. Just in general, there's a lot to process, and. Um, and I just want to kind of make sure I, I don't delve in too deep because I don't want to ruin this. This is, has to be experienced. This must be seen by as many people as possible. So I, don't want to, I, I really don't want to just start giving things away willy-nilly in terms of the plot points, in terms of uh, character you know, development or anything like that. Like I said, there are elements of it that I was so excited about, other things that I thought could have been handled a bit better or that were maybe slightly lacking or unpolished. But overall, this was a treat. This was a treat. And I'm and like I said, I think that it absolutely came at the right time. It came at the right time. I know um, many people were maybe frustrated about it not happening sooner, you know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, twenty years ago. But this was the time. This was the time. I don't think we would have not just in terms of inflation, all right, not just in terms of technological advancement with CGI and visual effects. We've discussed this. This is a cultural moment that is occurring in our world, and absolutely Black Panther is going to be part of that zeitgeist. So, so yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll get into it more you know, in depth as we go on in terms of maybe what I want to touch on, but that's where I'm going to go for now. Just because, like I said, I there's so much I could I could say, but I just want to be careful. I want to be respectful, and I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Uh, I got to ask the captain, and also to our to our listeners on hold. Uh, remember, if you'd like to join in on the discourse, just press one. Uh, we have quite a few folks that like to listen from their cars, from their smartphones. So if you do, if you are on hold, and if you would like to join in, press one. That way, we know that you want to get off of the uh, on hold function and you want to actually join in uh captain what are your thoughts i know she has con- uh, claire brings up something very um uh important about uh, you know uh, essentially um getting into spoilers your thoughts on that i mean I, I i we can speak in a certain way but is it still too soon to really some folks are going into spoilers i tell you right now but you know on youtube there's plenty of, of folks that you know that, that of course you know but some folks they don't care you know so <laughs> You can give them spoilers Wednesday, you can give them next week, Sunday also. But by that time, too bad. Yeah. Sucks to be you. Yeah. You see, when you deal with colonizers, okay, you see. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> now, I thought the movie was very, very well done. Uh, it's very well done. I didn't really have any strong complaints. I have some slight complaints. Kendrick Lamar, what he did was legit. But when you look, look at a movie like Dark Knight, 
you have iconic music. When you have, when you look at a movie like Superman 1, you have very memorable, iconic music. When you look at a movie, let's say like Indiana Jones, then to then then to then iconic, very memorable music. Powerful music. Didn't have that here. You know, but the music that they went with, with this, it worked. So that's something at a later date, probably in the third film. You know, it probably needs to be more, you know, cultural and stronger. But movie was very good. Very good. Very well done. Very well done. Very well done. Now, I'll ask this question to everybody. I'll ask this question. Now, did it sell so well because it was Marvel or it's a black product or a combination of the two? I think we take the last one, you know, because we had the Get Out movie, right? That did well. You had that NWA movie. That did well. That's something for you to think about. But the Marvel machine is very, very powerful. Very, very powerful. Just something for you to think about. Think about. Also, too, if this wasn't a superhero movie, would it sell like this? It was something else that was all black. Well, someone answered that. Maybe, maybe not. You know, these are things you have to consider going forward with this. You know, even though we had the Get Out movie, and I, just, I said that. And the NWA movie and what they did for his numbers. I don't know. Time will tell, right? But Marvel Machine is very, very, very powerful. And that's what I'll say about it right now. We'll get more into it later. I'll go deeper, but without doing any spoilers. Okay? Back over to you, Afrinut. All right. I'm going to bring Paul back in a few. In a few I mean, he's, he can always interject if he like. But we have callers as well. And I also, right before we go to the callers... Uh, and then we'll go to Mr. Julie. I just want to say a couple mm-hmm. of words, and then I'll, I'll move along. Um, I, I must confess that uh, as an Akata, <laughs> as, which is a pejorative by, by many West Africans toward um, African Americans, and I say that kind of quasi-affectionately, although I know, again, it is a pejorative. It means, I think the best translation is wild animal um, for, the, for the lost tribe of, of African Americans. I, I, I must say that it had some emotional beats for me as far as what it could, what, what a technological Africa can, could mean. Not that there aren't parts of Africa that aren't technological. That's, that's the, that's the irony is that we have a certain view of Africa. Uh, listen, that Africa is Africa at, in the present day is not all about, um, you know, poverty and starvation. There are centers of in Africa. There are people from Africa, many, many, West Africans, Ugandans, Nigerians are winning in this country. When, when President Trump, regrettably I have to say President Trump, when President Trump used the, uses the S-hole country's remark and how, why, why can't we get people from the Netherlands, um, you know, as far as you know, getting quote-unquote smart people, little does he know that the most, the most educated uh, sector ethnically in America are the Nigerians. The West Africans are getting it in. If you, you know, so it's this, you, you may not want to go to the Netherlands to get to, for brain work. That is the irony. He's so caught up 
in believing that white is right, that little does he, does he know that on paper, Nigerians and Asian folk are getting it in as far as brain work. But, I mean, listen, he's on his own kick. So, and even the fact that I'm mentioning Trump in this conversation just goes to show you that, and I have to defer back to Claire Lene. As much as I would have, I can say I would have preferred for this to come out years ago. Hell, even when the New Jacks, we, we, we encountered this at uh, the Schomburg Black Comic Book Festival last month. Well, we've been waiting a year for Black Panther. No, uh, thanks to Mr. Snipes, we've been waiting over 20 years or more for a Black Panther film. So uh, I appreciate what I saw. Um, it, I, I, was, I have to confess that for a Disney product, and having seen it twice, and I may have to see it again, there were some, there was some, there was some actual underpinning going on. There was a convers, there was multiple conversations. I'm, I'm very curious to hear what Paul has to say because, uh, again, uh, Paul lit the cyberspace on fire with a very heavy critique of of a Black Panther film, and now that it not, and now that it is here. Again, it is a white corporate pod product. However, with the helming of of Ryan Coogler, I was shocked that some things, some beats were out there. But you, I don't know if people, with all the folks dancing and doing all that kind of stuff and wearing uh, Zamunda outfits, I don't know if they really caught some of the things that, that are going on. I'm going to mention this one thing, and I'm going to open up the mic. Uh I kind of sort of missed it the first time. That's why you got to, You have to see what Claire says. You have to see this, fortunately enough, which is probably going to uh, rake in more coppers for Disney investors. But you have to see it multiple times because there's some stuff going on. When the Ryan Coogler character says, I'm not going to be vague a little bit, he does go into a discussion about um, flipping the script for people of color. I wish I could be more specific, Captain, but there's something he asks. I, I, I don't want to be in the spoiler mode. But there is something he says that, is, that, that, is said, that is, has often been said by uh, Western colony, Western colonialists. Great, I'll say this much. Great Britain, has, there's, there's an, a, a saying for Great Britain. And, it, and he flipped it. What about Wakanda doing that? Now, again, if you're not if you're, if you're not um, close to the cuff, you might miss these little gems. But it's something that we took for granted about what the Western powers have been saying to us in history. He flipped it from a black perspective. I didn't expect that from a Disney movie. I have to confess. I have to confess. Okay, enough of me blabbering and blubbering. Let's go to the lines, and then we're going to hear back from Mr. Julie. Let's go to, I think, the West Coast. Five one zero. Welcome to the today, Grindhouse. Tell us. I was keeping an eye on. Tell us who you are. Where you're calling from? Hello. Hello. Five one zero. Hello. Hi. Yes. Hi. Um, I wanted to say first of all, Afro Nerd was absolutely correct, and this prediction was made uh, about this product. I've heard you guys talking about it for a long, long time now. Um, I love this movie, and I appreciate more of it 
based on some of the discussions that you guys have had uh, over the course of the last few months. So, first of all, thank you. I also want to say that Ryan Coogler coming out of Oakland, putting Oakland in the MCU, was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Take my uh, your responses off the air. I appreciate it. Tell us who you are. Tell us who you are. You're from Oakland? Oh, sorry. I'm a, a prodigy on uh, on Twitter. Uh, I have been just following you guys um, for a, a long time. This is my first time actually listening, listening live, though. Uh, you guys, uh, again, just big inspiration to, to me personally, and uh, you guys have uh, certainly been uh, uh, informing me a whole lot more about Afrofuturism and some of the importance of these characters and then just the business side of using uh, this as a movement. So just really impressed. I don't really have a question per se. I just wanted to make the comment that I'm loving the box office results and I want to see much more, and I think we can already count on sequels happening. I think so. This is Cthulhu, right? Cthulhu. Yeah. Is that Cthulhu your Prod. your full? Okay, appreciate it, man. We've been following each other, man. I appreciate your words, man. And um, I got to say this. Uh, the, the Oakland connection, I get it because, hell, the Black Panthers, that's the origin. So that, that's kind of a double entendre go, thing going on there, so I kind of get that, the, the actual Black Panther um, uh, progressive group. So that's kind of important. Yep. Although, I, I, this is me, you know, when Shuri makes a comment about, you know, you're bringing me to America, and yada, 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 I was like, man, if she was in Brooklyn and said Afropunk, what would that have meant? <laughs> uh, that's just a little picky. That's just, that's just me being a little picky. Like they, and I'm a Queens dude, but if, they, if she made a comment about Planet Brooklyn, might have been a little ill, but I understand for the sake of history, it had to be Oakland. So I see you, my brother. But, That's big. I have to admit, Oakland is part of the MCU, let, let, so I, I get it. Let the, let the West Coast have something. New York has everything right now. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> okay, man, I'm going to have you keep on holding. I appreciate the support, man, as always. Appreciate it. Um, let's go to our friend from Chi-Town, the Midwest, uh, Chi-Town's favorite, Sergio Mims. Sergio, you... You spoke about this rather profoundly uh, Wednesday. Uh, we're back at it again after seeing it twice. We just, came, we just came back, literally, from the theater a few moments ago, so it's still very fresh on my mind. And i got to say this. I went to sleep on fr- uh, Friday, Saturday morning, and it was still, like, in my brain. So I, I, that's something that's very kind of profound about these movies. Not all these movies stick with me. I have, I have to admit... Black Panther stays in my frontal lobe for like a, a minute. So what are your thoughts, sir? You're the film critic. You're the cineast. Well, you know, I gave uh, a lot of my opinion uh, Wednesday uh, as I had seen the screen of the movie. I still like it very, very much. Um, I'll be perfectly honest, you know, because as as a generational thing, because I'm older than anybody else around here, I'm still not exactly with the whole comic book thing, you know. I'm not insulting anybody. It's a generational thing, you know. But uh, I will tell you this, and I couldn't say this Wednesday, but I'll say this today. After I came out of the movie, I was thinking, I was rooting for the other guy. (laughs) Killmonger, yeah. Yeah. I was rooting for the other guy. 
And I said, I'm like, now, I, there's, there's, I've been on the Internet all day because there have been a ton of articles, of course, everybody writing about their own opinion about the movie. And several people have brought up this fact about this conflict, of course, between um, of Black Panther and Killmonger, comparing it to Martin Luther King versus Malcolm X. Uh, so... Yeah, I when I, I saw the picture, I was I was like, well, wait a minute. Wouldn't I be for Killmonger? Because what he wants to do is really start a black revolution in 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 around the world. And other people had picked up on the fact that well, there's that final scene in the movie, which I won't say what it is. But um, wouldn't Wakanda? The people there say, instead of being isolated, say, look, we have all this technology, and we're so advanced. Any other civilization, any other any other country on the earth, wouldn't you want to help your own brethren? I'll tell you, uh, a better comparison might be um, uh, Patrice Lumumba and, and MLK. I'm just saying. But, uh, it, well, it, it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things going on with what it means to be black American versus what it means to be African. And that, that's, I mean, they, they discuss that. I mean, that's, that's, that's the part that I have to, I, I want to hear from, um, from Paul in a moment. To get, you know, he might have a completely different view on this. But um, it's pretty deep for a Marvel Disney product. I don't know if I don't know if the, the 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 folks that are dancing and you know Panther so lit. I don't know if they're going to get all of what they could get out of the movie. You know, are you going to uh-huh. look up Kwame Nkrumah? Are you going to look? Are you going to do the kind of the the research that comes with African culture? You know, there's aspects of this movie that you know it's kind of a hodgepodge of 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 Africa. You know, so, now it's being shown in Africa now, which is cool. And there are a number of people of of, of direct African descent. That are reviewing this favorably because again, the, I, the overarching idea of a technological Africa is big and dangerous. So we have to be appreciative of that. But how deep are we going to really get after Black Panther? I don't know. You see, and that's and that's one thing. I just want to leave with this other question. Okay, right now everybody's on a Black Panther high, and Claire mentioned it. The fact that okay. Is this a game changer, or is this just a hip, cool thing right now at the moment? And as your guest said, they're already pushing now the new Avengers movie. How far is this going to go? Hey, look, folks, don't forget, three weeks from now, A Wrinkle in Time opens. Ava DuVernay's Afrofuturistic, you know, movie. Now, uh, people will dismiss that saying, well, that's a movie for kids. It's a movie for young girls. You know, but I'm thinking, like, wait a minute, this is still in the same wheelhouse. Are you going to go out and support that movie? I'm not saying he's got to do $225 million. But are you going to support that movie like you do Black Panther? What about later in the year? What about the film I'm really dying to see, I must admit, is Barry Jenkins' film version of James Baldwin is Beagle Street Could Talk. This is the oh, only yeah. second version I know of a Beale James Street, yeah. Baldwin book. I cannot wait to see this. Now, once again, different type of movie, but will that same enthusiasm be for that film? This is what I want I don't to know. see. Uh, let, let's go see, to, I can't tell you that friend, either. Let, let's go to our friend Paul Louise Julie. I, I have to treat him like, like a, a weapon <laughs> because I know he's going to get, you know, last time it was a Get problem. 
So, uh, 626, I see you. Bear with us for a moment. Paul, now, uh, you, what, are you, what are your thoughts, man? Again, to our listening audience, uh, I put a link. I'm going to put the link in again. Please support Mr. Julie, Mr. Julie's um, project at Kickstarter, the Yohansi the movie. Get, it, get this. Another Afrofuture tale. Let's not just stop at Black Panther. There are an immeasurable uh, black, brown, yellow stories. That are that are outside of the of the mainstream. Will you support them beyond Disney? Let's get off being high about Black Panther specifically, and let's expand and expound. I'm just saying. So I'm going to put the link in again. And uh, to me, the story, the concept uh, of a Black African space opera, hell, I didn't even think there was such a thing. And I, and I consider myself pretty a, a self-realized black person, but sometimes like, wow, I didn't think we could do that. So I mean, so uh, yeah, let, let's let's support him too. Anyway, Paul, uh, you know, what are you what are your thoughts about this? I know you had a certain way of looking at it. What, what do you what do you think? Well, I mean, my, my thoughts on what specifically on, on well, the did, black, black Panther black phenomenon? Pan- or? Well, did, well, did you see the film or? No, no, I, I, I haven't gotten a chance to to see it yet. I mean, as I've been. Uh, neck deep in, 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 in promotion and and trying to get this uh, the film out. So, uh, needless uh, um, needless to say, my my priorities are a little shifted right now. I'm not, I'm not exactly thinking about um, the movie. But however, I I, uh, I I have been following the hype and following the 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 press around it. And uh, um, there I guess there are many emotions going on. You know, there are definitely uh, many positive ones, <laughs> contrary to what some people think. Um, because I, I, I'm, I, I, it's funny because um, I, I have this problem where many of the black people that came to me complaining about this, and by the way, I, 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 I said that to be a disclaimer too. Yes, I am black as well. I'm not, uh, I'm not just saying that. Um, that the, uh, that many fellow black people coming to me and and uh, and complaining about my views didn't actually read what I wrote. They 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 probably stopped like the first sentence or whatever. Um, when I when I had any criticisms towards the, towards uh, the MCU's treatment of the Black Panther, it was very mixed because I saw what they were doing. Um, now that said, I don't really want to go into detail about that because I do want to focus on what's more important. What's more important is that um, we finally have in, uh, in, in in we finally have an Afrofuturist mainstream Hollywood movie. Um, uh, uh, complete with its own flaws, but its own strengths as well. It's uh, it's making waves around the world, and more importantly, it's it's solving a problem. W- w- and and um, um, just like the the uh, the last caller um of a very important very very astutely pointed out, um, the the real question is 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 this hype going to stand the test of time? You know, as soon as a few weeks from now. You know, is this um, it, it, it is, uh, in other words, is all this hype just market bought? You know, because Disney has millions of dollars in marketing behind this film. We've been seeing it for the past few months. I mean, they've been pushing this film like no other Marvel film before. And the the part that saddens me saddens me is that all these black people are responding to it. These are the same people that I've been trying to get into my work for the past for for the past few years. And they'll very clearly say, "Yeah, I don't really care about that. I don't really care about comics. I don't really care about that." But they're getting they're getting involved in this. So I'm not saying that as a bitter person. I'm just saying as as a, as a concerned person, if the only time that you're interested in your own content representation, when a white corporation is putting millions of dollars behind campaigns and ads 
and that's when you click into it, then you're kind of screwed already because that means that the only products you're going to respond to are ones that are backed by multi-million dollar white corporations. And that's not always in your best, in, but your, but your, your best interest. Uh, actually, it very rarely is. So, again, like I said, I'm not bashing the Black Panther. I, 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 I think that it's, um, it's a very welcome addition to the MCU. Um, I, uh, like any um, aesthetic or, 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 or content opinions I'm going to to reserve until after I've seen the movie uh, again. I mean, I had my, my I had my, my, my own preconceived notions about it. Um, I still f- f- feel pretty strongly about those, but recent and uh, recently I've been seeing one or two things that did pique my interest too. So it's just safe to say that I'd rather wait until I see the actual movie before I can make uh, a, a proper educated opinion on it. But based on what I have seen so far, um, I do appreciate the effort that has gone into this movie. I'll definitely say that. Um, Michael B. Jordan already. Uh, here's the thing: I haven't even seen him in the film though. But um, it's interesting because up until this film, I was not a fan of Michael B. Jordan at all. Me neither. It's funny you and say that. I, 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 I didn't I, like I, that guy either. I, 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 I had no interest in whatsoever. I just felt that um, he that he he just slid into certain roles and got skyrocketed to fame, but didn't really perfect his craft. And interestingly enough. When I was seeing the 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 the, the build up to the Black Panther, I thought, wow, this guy. Not only did this guy mature, I saw him being the only one, in my opinion, that was really putting in all the work to really push himself and say, you know what, I want this. I'm going to be the best, the best character I could possibly be. You know what? When I saw him in the trailer, I'm like, wow. I never thought that someone, I never thought that someone with his personality and his outlook and his work ethic would would would, would flip, would do a complete 180, and completely impress me. Um, to, to the point, and then, then I keep hearing the reviews of him in the movie, and everyone said, yeah, he was the breakout star, but to the point where you're rooting more for him than you are for, are for T'Challa. Now, here's the most controversial, because here's the, 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 the thing about the Black Panther um, that I find very really funny, though, is that the moment that you, that, you, if, that you make any criticism about this movie, the, the, the lynch mob comes out, and, you know, they, they, they want to shush you because they don't want you to, 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 to anger Massa, you know, because all, all of a sudden he's going to take away all, 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 the, all the, the black films away afterwards. But 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 no. If you're gonna if we're gonna be um, if we if we want quality, um, cri- constructing criticism is does not mean that you're ragging something down. It just means that you want t- a top content, and and, and 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 you're not making sure that we're not just accepting anything. I'm very much against uh, casting Chadwick Boseman as 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 a Black Panther. When I first saw him in Civil War, I was very disappointed because I did not see T'Challa at all. Um, uh, uh, and and. Uh, that was even solidified every time. I, uh, every time I, I, I see the trailers, because he does not have the bearing of a king or or, or a prince. He, 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 I, I just don't see it. And then when I saw him in interviews, I just really felt as if the guy just felt that the role was going to come to him anyway. So he wasn't thirsty for it like Michael B. Jordan was. And he, and I sensed that in his performance. And that just kind of irritated me with the whole thing to the point that. I'm not trying to rag on his performance, but I just don't really care about his performance. Well, you, well, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Well, I, 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 I don't really care about the Black Panther and the Black Panther movie. I care more about Killmonk, you know, well, which let, is ironic. So. Well, let me, let me say this much, and then I'm going to go to 626. Because I'm very much aware of your, your initial feelings, as you just stated. But I would like to hear from you again and revisit you when you actually see the film, because there, right. there were some things that I think you can take from it and you will, you will have to admit that they went a little deeper than one would expect 
and uh, we spoke well, about. I know they did. It's just that they're still going to scratch the surface in certain areas, though. That that that's well, not. There's, there's certain conversations they won't even have. Them. Well, well, let me that, tell you. Like, well, based me, on reviews I'm hearing from the movie too. But well, like I said, I have to see it myself. Well, let me tell you. After having seen it again twice, and probably going to see it a third time, that there was there there was a subtext that I think is very important that might be better as a subtext versus putting it out putting out uh, you know putting it out sloppy and in your face and telegraphing it where it was where I had to see it a couple of times and say, Oh wait a minute, he said something slick. There were some slick off the cuff comments that were deeper than you could expect. And there were multiple layers, multiple conversations and again it takes for a, a, a minority themed film to get Disney and the MCU out of its rut. And it, we might actually shake off some of the superhero fatigue. Because even I, I love comic books and sci-fi and everything, but it, it, there's so much of it that if it, if it continues to be kind of this, you know, play-by-the-numbers kind of situation, that it could, it could be droning. But this actually gave me a, a shot of adrenaline. So I say this as someone kind of like you, where I was, I was looking at this with a cross eye, like, okay, how, how black is this going to be? Is it going to be my kind of black sensibilities? Not everybody has the same black sensibilities. That's what's that issue. It, it actually, I'm, I must confess, it actually touches on a number of points within the African and African-American experience. It goes into our experience with, with white people and, and colonialism. You know, uh, globally, it's it's a you know it takes a shot at Trump. There's a lot of a lot of layers again for Disney product that was shocking to me. So I have to I have to be honest. So anyway, let's go to six two six. Six two six. Welcome to the Grindhouse. It's a special Black Panther episode. After you, we're gonna go back around the horn again. So uh, tell us who you are, where you're calling from, and your thoughts about Black Panther if you did see it. Whatever you like to say yeah, about yeah. your your thought. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I saw it last night. I, 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 how was everybody doing? This is Covina, man. We're doing I'm, well, man. Uh, Thank you. I'm from the L.A. area. Uh, yes, sir. My, let me my two cents. I I give it an eight out of ten, eight and a half out of ten. My my always problem with superhero movies is the the doppelganger villain, and I I always dislike that doppelganger villain. Uh, cliche, but the other thing is, I almost wish they would have left the Killmonger uh, character out of the movie. And, and this is somebody who I have, I have in my collection, and, and I got it as a kid. Black Panther two, number two on. So I brought, I never, I didn't get number one, but I got number two on, and I collected as a kid. And as a kid, I, I didn't understand the African aspect of it, but I just liked there was a black superhero, and that's why I collected the, the comic book. Same thing with Luke Cage. But anyway, on this movie, I wish they would have left the Killmonger character out of it because I don't want Disney telling us the story of – and and in the Marvel Universe, they did this already with Professor X and Magneto. If you have the superhero ability or in this Black Panther case, the technological ability to overcome your oppressor, should you go out there? That's what Killmonger was like. Hey, we have the ability to go out here and liberate all these people from Jim Crow, you know, and apartheid and all this stuff. Why don't we just go out here and become the oppressor? Why don't we become, you know, black supremacy 
you know, racism, black supremacy, instead of being the victims of race. You know, that's what they, they have brought up in the movie. And I wish they would have just left that out there. I mean, left that out of it. it they they could have focused on, uh, there was a, um, a storyline where Black Panther was against uh, the White Knight. The White Knight, there was a different storyline. The White Knight was a racist coming into, uh, you know, Wakanda with, with a different agenda. And then Black Panther overcome, you know, the White Knight. I wish they would have you know, played on the, the racial aspect of Wakanda versus the races and the uh, colonials rather than bringing up the uh, rehashing the, uh, you know, the Magneto versus uh, Professor X. You know, we had the power to overcome the oppressor uh, idea. But uh, but anyway, I, I enjoyed the movie, though. Yeah, you know, listen, I, um, I'm going to bring the bring the mic back to Claire. But I, I'm I, again, um, and I see other callers, folks. Uh, we, have, we got a full, a full, a full uh, panel here, Cap. Um, I wouldn't expect any less. Let's see. Uh, and again, folks, to the, to the people listening, you know, we got a Patreon thing going on here. <laughs> I mean, let me mention that too. Uh, just like you know, I'm, we're not all Wakandans. We don't have Wakandan wealth, unfortunately. And we're trying to we're trying to expand and expound the Afro nerd machine. And and I tell you why. And I got to repeat this stuff. Is that I don't want this to be a moment in time. You know, uh, this is, if we're not careful, this is going to be treated, treated as a one-off. And that's my chief concern, is that there is, there is a whole lot of content. And we're so invested. That's one thing that I think is important with um, what Black Panther means. You know, it's a fight with your own community and, and, and the mainstream community to have you perceived differently. Now, uh, I've said this at the top of the show, the New York Times has a piece called The Revenge of the Black Nerd, as if we haven't been here before. But why invest in something that is counter to what they're comfortable with? They're more comfortable with T.I. and Puffy, and, and you can update it now with the Migos and, and Little Pump and all these people. They're more comfortable with that kind of thing. But uh, this is another revenue stream. Let's not, be, let's not be cultural. Let's not be cultural. Let's say, hey, this is something else that we can actually put some, some, some energy behind. But when they put energy behind something like this, it, it upgrades the black voice. You're no longer a brute. You're no longer a minstrel. Now, you know, you're talking, you're talking about STEM. You're talking about STEAM. You're talking about fantasy and cogitation. You're talking about uh, making that into a a popular and matter of fact and normalized thing, they're more comfortable in you being somewhat ignorant and monosyllabic and so forth. So I want Afro nerd radio. I want black no, black girl nerds. I want uh, podcast juice. I want all these all these different things going on to be supported because unfortunately the mainstream even the mainstream black outlets would rather keep the Real Housewives of Atlanta in business. They'd rather keep uh, hip hop in Miami, uh, real real hip hop in Miami, uh, loving hip hop, probably loving hip hop in Miami in business. This is the next thing. But if you're careful with all the dancing and Panther So Lit stuff, it's going to be gone in a couple of weeks. Let's go on to the next thing. Enough with these Negroes being intelligent. That's not that doesn't. We don't really fancy that. And I can, and there's things going on now that prove my point. Some people on many people don't fancy this side of the black experience. They don't like it. Um, let me go to Claire and we go to the, go to the phone. Uh, 
Claire, I know, would appreciate this because Claire is of Asian descent for the long, for the long-time listeners. You should know that. Um, and we see that the, the white waste, whitewashing campaign has been very paramount to Asian representation. For some reason, white people think they can be better Asians than Asian people. Go figure. But we've been through that. We've been through that. So um, I, I find it interesting that the, the moment this movie comes out, we see viral fake accounts at Twitter. They show old, unrelated photographs of white women and white people being beat up. Nothing to do with Black Panther. But the minute the idea of, 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 of just one damn black fantasy movie comes out, I can't believe that black, a black Disney fantasy is so controversial. But you have these fake accounts that went viral essentially saying, well, my, my girlfriend and I attempted to see Black Panther, but a black guy or a black girl punched my girlfriend and told us to get out of the theater. This was fake news. This was fake news. You know who says that. This was fake news. But somebody went through the effort to put that out there. So, Claire, what are your thoughts about that element of it, that we see people that the minute you try to – have a little bit of a different story that is for everybody. It's not just for, 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 for me and for you. It's for everybody. It is Disney. The idea of this little, this, this, not little, but this movie, what are your thoughts about some of the other issues, whether it's the think pieces or even these little, you know, we saw the DC hacking thing, trying to, trying to screw around with the Rotten Tomato score. Now I saw this thing with, with uh, the fake accounts at Twitter. What, what is that? I don't know. I mean, honestly, the depths that people will sink to, you know, the things that people are, are willing to or, or capable of doing in order to destroy or sabotage the things that they are scared of, threatened by, Nothing surprises me. Nothing surprises me. If they want to be, if they want to play dirty, they want to get ugly with it. Let them. Let them. That's just nature. It's the yin and the yang, the light and the dark. You're gonna have to take all of it, all of it, and the stuff in between. Okay. So yeah, you're gonna have people like that posting fake photos, or or, or perhaps, perhaps they're real photos. I really don't know. I really don't care. And trying to claim that they were beaten and battered by, by uh, you know, black audience members in the theater, and just trying to paint black people as as monsters and animals. What else is new? You know, what else is new? But they got to go to extremes because right now we are in a very extreme set of circumstances. And what I mean by extreme set of circumstances is, like I said, the zeitgeist, the cultural moment in time where this movie, which who could have even fathomed that this day would finally come. And now that the day has come, now that the day has come, it is the fifth highest grossing domestic box office success. Fifth highest grossing. It has earned over, over $218 million 
domestic. Wow. Domestic. Over the four-day President's Day weekend, it is going to earn $218 million plus, along with another $169, million, $170 overseas. That brings their global global debut to roughly $387 million. Wow. That is insane. That is insane. We already knew this was coming because we've already been, you know, following the tracking. And normally I don't pay attention to tracking because tracking is a very generic term. And it's not very clear as to what that data encompasses. A lot of time it's just chatter. It's just chatter. It's just hashtags on Twitter. It's just social media noise. But it's very difficult to quantify that. Now, this is different. This type of projection is different because they literally had told us that Fandango and AMC theaters and all this stuff were just completely floored by the box office ticket pre-sales. That means money had already been spent Pre-sales, money has already been spent, guaranteed, butts will be in seats. So the numbers were absolutely solid, knocking out every other Marvel pre-sale, knocking out Batman versus Superman. So we already knew that this was a potentiality. We already knew this could be massive. And I told and I told you guys, I told you guys that this is absolutely something that we, we can we can prepare for, that we can that we can calculate and tabulate because of everything that's been going on in the last four weeks. You know? People were buying their tickets a month ago. So yeah, I mean, I'm not shocked, obviously, because we've already been kind of looking at, at the statistics. So that is incredible. Fifth largest opening US of all time, not 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 accounting for inflation, but but still, but still, two hundred plus. That is incredible. Two hundred plus, two hundred plus million dollar U.S. domestic opening. That is double. Right now, they're sitting at double the early projections, which was like a hundred million, hundred plus. Which could, yeah, they were hedging their bets. They were hedging their bets because categorically, you want to hedge your bets when you're talking about a character that has not previously been, you know, in the theaters, even though he's already been introduced from uh, Captain America: Civil War. But this was his first solo outing, and like with any other character, regardless of whether they're talking about Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Ant Man, Captain America, or Thor, then yeah, it's you want to. You want to kind of be conservative with your early projections. But this, we already knew was going to be monumental, historic, record-breaking. So it's all about where we are now culturally and what's happening in the world, in our society, with politics, with economics, with people just feeling, feeling angry, people demanding change people demanding inclusion, representation, all of that, all the stuff that we've been discussing for how, how many shows now. So I think, this is a, I think this is fascinating. I really do. I'm still, if I'm going to be perfectly honest, I'm, well, how I feel very specifically in regards to the movie as a movie 
if I was to completely separate, which is difficult because it's so built in and woven into the fabric of the of this story and its 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 symbolism, what it means to so many people. It's difficult to separate the politics and what what all this means, you know, on the whole, you know, in terms of people being invested in in black stories and black talent and black faces so prominent in the media. It's very difficult to separate all of the emotion that's flying around, love or hate regardless of whether we're talking about those fake news, whatever things you were talking about, or the Black Panther so lit, which I know you also don't like. But it's difficult yeah. to <laughs> just cup out all the noise and to try to be as objective as possible about what this movie is on its own two feet and what this could mean for the potential of other movies with people of color directed by or starring or what this means in terms of comic book movies and Marvel in general. You know, there's just there's a lot. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot to process. And so personally, I'm still kind of thinking about all of that because I'm neither black nor white. I'm in the other category, although it's funny that the other category takes up a pretty big chunk of the world's population, but still... I digress. I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm not I'm not well, holding my breath. I'm not holding my breath for any massive sweeping changes in 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 the industry or in in our country, in our world because like I said, I just I just know how people are. I know how Hollywood is. And as Sad as it makes me, I just I've learned not to trust, not to trust any of the supposed support or you know people rallying behind anything because I know how fast and fleeting trends come and go. It really is all about the money, and when it's only about money, then you're going to start getting a slew of things that come through that really may not have anything to do with, you know, what it is that you desire so badly. And what is it that you want? You want to be represented in a positive light. You want to be, you want to be seeing, I know I want, I want to be seeing more black actors and stories and talent in front of and behind the camera from movies that aren't just about slaves. I'm really tired of that. I'm tired of that. I'm sure you are too. You know, but at the same time, you made it very clear how uncomfortable you are with a lot of other current representations of uh, of African Americans or Africans or what or whatnot. You know, I mean, maybe you have mixed feelings about there being uh, any sort of Shaft or Superfly or what have you remakes. You probably have your feelings about that. You know, so you have to understand that. Any anything like this that's that's gonna shake things up is gonna bring with it some stuff that you really didn't want, you didn't have in mind, but just because they only see the dollar signs, that they're probably gonna try to shove down your throat, thinking that oh well, 
you'll like this because it has people that look like you, right? So therefore, you're going to come in and, and, and spend the money, right? So I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. The movie itself, like I said, I really am trying to be so careful and respectful of those who have not seen it because I just don't want to ruin the experience. You must see it. You must. There are elements of well, it that me... I love and that I saw potential in, and there were other aspects that I really, I just thought could have been handled better. But that's any other movie. I could say that about a ton of movies. So overall, you know, I'm more concerned about what's going to happen next as opposed to, I don't know, I, I, as opposed to well, this specific movie itself. Because I, I can tell that there's already that, that wave of, people already shifting the focus onto the next chapter, which is Avengers, which is going to be coming very shortly, you know, in a few months. So, well, let me, I don't know. I'll probably well, try to get, get more in the spoiler review, but I'm just trying to be careful about what I say. Uh, yeah, and, I, and I, that's important because I, I'm, you know, listen, there's a lot to really dig into, and it's probably going to be the next show, like the captain said, where we can really be a little bit more forthcoming about what we've actually seen. There's a lot of messaging in there. But I must say this, I appreciate, you know, your perspective and the fact that, you know, um, you being of Asian descent and how you have a special uh, relationship with entertainment and imagery. But uh, I do think that we are all we are all other. What, what, what I'm saying is that, unfortunately, this is a uh, kind of a, a westernized control of imagery. And I appreciate how you how you um, position your opinion, but I think how I see it is that you know, there's a reason why we use the term people of color because yeah we're treated like like uh, chess pieces, but we're not the ones moving the chess pieces. And with black people, we are the guinea pigs. Oftentimes, everybody changes places with us, but for the most part, we're the guinea pigs. Let's see what happens with the black folks. And then we'll consider everybody else. So it looks as if we're getting a little bit of shine, but we're not, we're not the ones that pulled the trigger. And I'm just concerned, like you, that, hey, you know, we have a moment in the sun, a moment in the sun, but does it create an infrastructure where everybody gets put on fairly? That remains to be seen. And we've been disappointed before, and we've seen waves of content and waves of the exotic. We've seen a, a, a spate of Asian interests here and there when it's to the liking of the majority culture. We see a, 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 a wave of Latin interests when it's to the liking of the folks that, that, that control the purse strings and control the imagery. So this is a moment in the sun where we can be proud, and it's, but it's an allowed moment. Next thing you know, they'll have us back to, you know, the stereotypes and the tomfoolery. I, I hope not. Let me repeat to the listening audience. I hope not. But I've, we've been here before, and it could just be we have a few, a few moments where everything looks pretty cool, and then you go right back to either being, being ignored or just being someone's buffoon. Anyway, folks, we've got more, a lot of people online, so I've got to open up these lines. Again, if you want to join in. Six four six nine one five nine six zero six four six. Right, but we got to be mindful. We got a lot of calls, Cap. They've been holding for a, mi- a minute. Go ahead, go ahead, uh, Cap. I'm gonna tell you what three entertainment lawyers have told me. Actually, it's more than that, but I'll use particularly three. 
poor righteous teacher's lawyer. I knew him. For those of you poor righteous teacher, righteous teachers were a rap group when people actually were able to rap. <laughs> and there were two back, other man. more prominent lawyers. <laughs> yes. Going back. <laughs> and there were two and there two other more prominent entertainment lawyers. One of them was making fun of Britney Spears, say how she get a deal. But anyway, that's a whole other story. They all told He's me white and untalented. the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but he talked about other people, other groups and other things that never did anything. But all three of them said the same thing. Anyone who tells you that they're an expert in entertainment, run out the room. So there's no such thing. There's no such thing. You take an educated guess at best. And what you do, everything is luck. You create your own luck. If you have a powerful machine, you can make a product look really good. That doesn't mean it's going to work, but you swing the odds in your favor. This is what I was told. Donald Trump turns around and talks about luck. It's better to be lucky than it is to be smart. Obviously, right? <laughs> Especially in his case. Okay. We go, Russell Simmons says the same thing. Uh, Warren Buffett said the same thing. Same thing. You got to create luck. But you create most of your luck. Now, once again, if that's the case, and that's not me, that's according to them, they would know better. They're more prominent. They're more prolific. If that's the case, now I have to say again, is this the marble machine that has become that powerful in swinging the odds this, this way? Or is it somewhat of a global change towards product in respect to black people? It's just something to think about. Okay? Something to think about. Now, also, when you create an avalanche, it doesn't matter what people will post and put out there. Anybody could try to get in your way. You're going to get hit with the avalanche. They can put up anything they want. It's an avalanche. This was an avalanche. So you could post, you could put this and anything. Else. Perfect storm. Doesn't matter. You know? A few people don't like it or what happens. They're getting hit by it. Even you can't stop anything. Doesn't matter. Perfect avalanche. That's just how it works. Back over to you, Africa. Go ahead. All right, Afrina, unmute your mic, please. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, we hear you. All right, uh, let's go to let's go to five five one zero, another five one zero. Welcome to the Grindhouse. Tell us who you are, where you're calling from. Hello. Yes, I've been listening. Uh, very um, interesting program you have. Um, I'm stuck in traffic. It's horrible. But anyway, um, and I'm coming calling from the West Coast. I like, I, I you know, that was interesting um, um, comments that the Asian caller had. Uh, and before I go, she's still on the line. I'd like to find out. If she saw that Samurai movie from the 50s, it was it's like one of the best movies I ever saw. I remember seeing it. It's in black and white. Um, it's a, a Magnificent Seven type movie. But anyway, um, you know, I'm sorry. I, I'm one of those that can't, I, you know, I did I did see The Butler. I, I refused to see The Help. I did watch Precious. And I'm not watching any more of those type of movies. I think, and I'm not watching those unfunny comedies. 
and I'm not watching anything that's like black exploitation. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm through with all of that. And so I think um, they're going to be, they're going to be other people like myself. Um, that I think as long as we're being portrayed as, you know, slaves or the help made butlers, the long suffering mother who's crying because her, you know, her wild son has been arrested or he's into the drug culture and, oh, and you know, she's pleading and crying and obese and single, you know, you know, and poor, you know, or you have, you know, some, a black woman who's, you know, portraying being very fearful and, 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 and begging for help and, and, and uh, trying to figure it out by yourself and, and out there, you know, as long as you have those roles, I think a certain category of people are very comfortable with that. But these were very strong roles. It was strong masculinity being portrayed by black men. Um, no one had word dresses. Um, they were very protective of of them of their their women and of their people. They exuded those really fine leadership characteristics, and, and it's too threatening. I also think there's always um, a layer of envy and jealousy that underrides all of the fear. Um, and so um, you ha- you're going to have a lot of backlash. Um, as long as we were portraying those other roles, everything's kosher. In fact, let's give them Grammys. You know, do- didn't Denzel get a Grammy for portraying a bad police cop or something, a police officer? So there you go. Um, uh, not when he portrayed Malcolm X, when he did a fine job. So, you know, it's the system that we live in, as long as we recognize what's, what's really going on. And um, um, it, it is. I, I'm not going back. I can't go back to, to that other stuff. Um, and I just lastly like to say, please leave Brittany alone. Just leave Brittany alone. Every time you look at Brittany, she looks like she's in total fear. She looks distressed. I saw her interview with Diane Sawyer where she actually went into another personality. She has multiple personalities. She was a Disney kid through that grind. And no telling what poor Brittany has been subjected to. So just leave Brittany alone. And um, that's it. Let me... Let me say something. Again, your words are highly appreciated. You're at the right spot. Let me say it right now. You're at the right spot. And uh, I, I've been had a bug about going back to a certain type of perspective or a certain, a certain type of imagery. But the problem is that you have a, a, a number of black people and, and others that are, that are invested. And they think that you know, what, what's coming out from the rap community is, is just normal. I mean, if you listen to, if you listen to rap uh, uh, for a rap station again. This is global music. This is global music. This particular sliver. I don't want to say because we play all kinds of music here on our show. But when you listen to this this particular sliver of the music that that the corporates put out, just as the corporates could put out a product like they did this weekend that respects you, the normal product that they put out disrespects you for high profit. And there's a there's a lot of black people and everybody else. But let's talk about black folks. That are, that are used to this, it's become normalized. And if you say something out against it, if you critique it, somebody will tell you that you're wrong. When, when Speech put out that speech from Arrested Development, going back many years, but he put out this Instagram posting 
that um, Raven Simone repeated. He repeated it or whatever. You had a set of black folks that came out and said, well, she's wrong. She's, even though she wasn't the originator of the, co- of the comment, but the, the, the photograph uh, that she was retweeting showed these, these very successful, you know, Puffy and, and, and Big Sean and um, uh, T.I., all these guys were kind of toasting, their, toasting themselves to, to, for their success. But she said that these men are responsible for promoting this kind of pimpism, drug, drug culture, gangster culture. You did all of this, but you got paid for that. Now, when she, she was absolutely, I shouldn't say she, material, mm-hmm. she, they were absolutely correct for that. But when, but when for, for that, that critique, that's what's going on. But when somebody came out and said, said what was honest, you have a whole set of black people saying, you can't do that. You can't say that. They're allowed to change. Uh, you know, uh, they even compare, make comparisons with Malcolm X. You know, all these things that were coming out. I'm saying, we're going to let these people produce this product, and they're going to they're going to evolve at the rest of the community's expense. That's okay. So that's why I have to be very careful. Again, deferring back to what Claire said, we don't know if Black Panther is going to signify an actual foundational structural change. I don't know. We've been here before. But I tell you this much, I am tired of seeing this one note, this one note kind of low-tier black imagery when you've had black presidents and two black attorney generals and black mayors and, and governors and so forth. Why are we doctors, Nigerian doctors? I mean, are they kidding me? Everybody's not slinging hood. I don't know anybody like that. The listeners, the listeners that call, have degrees that call in here. How can we? Exactly. That story, those, and, stories don't, um, those stories don't. Those stories don't ring true for for white corporate structure. They gave you they gave you a bone one time. Black Panthers one is a bone. Let's see if it can be repeated. I'll let you have the last word. Um, I I hear what you're saying and I agree. And I just truth tellers always get. Uh, either ridiculed, um, told they're crazy, um, mocked, um, told they're lying. So that's just part of being a truth teller. And um, I've been saying the same thing, similar to what she's been saying. I I just can't listen. I've never liked listening to gangster rap and rap that was very derogatory toward men and women and children. And so... I mean, even, you know, when I was very young, it just didn't vibe with my spirit. So I don't, I don't listen to it. And I never have listened to that kind of negative rap. But if I hear you, because I would also voice similar things, you know, and, and of course, no one listens. Cause, but, you know, the beat, and they wanted to hear all that. So, you know, there's nothing you can do except stand in your truth and, and understand that when you do, you, you are going to be undermined, mock, really cool, told your lie, told your crazy, all of that kind of stuff. That just Excuse me, am I still on the air? Am I still on? Yes. Yes. Um, uh, uh, to the caller, I, I just want to say one thing because you brought it up, because i got to defend him. Everybody puts down Denzel Washington for playing that role in Training Day. You have to understand, if you're an actor, if you're like a really good actor, you want to play oh. all kind of roles. And you look at his body of work. 
He's played all kinds of roles. You want to play good guys, bad guys, serious parts, funny parts. He's never really done comedy, so I like to see him do more comedies or a comedy period. You want to do everything. So everybody jumps on him for training day. Like I said, I don't jump it's, on him. No. And, and I, the I reason he said. the reason he got the Oscar for that, I mean, he got the role was because he was due. He, I mean, that's the way the way how the way how the Oscars work is that you don't get it for giving the best performance. You get it because you're due or for other reasons. He didn't get it for Malcolm X because Al Pacino, uh, 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 Al Pacino was due that year. No matter who else gave a brilliant performance, it had to go to Pacino. Like this year, it's got to go to Gary Oldman. Even though I wasn't crazy about that performance, it, got it, to, it has to go to him because he's overdue. It, it, and what right, role? Uh, uh, the Gary Oldman play. I'm sorry, I don't know. Winston Churchill in The Darkest Hour. Oh, oh I didn't. Oh, yeah, that was pretty crazy, though. Right, okay, okay. he's going to well, get it. For, for that. Have, I appreciate it. We appreciate you supporting us. We got a lot of calls. Thank you so much. Continue listening. We really appreciate you calling in. Let's go to uh, 612. 612, welcome to the Grindhouse. Tell us who you are and where you're calling from. What's up? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. My name is Mike. I'm calling from Portland. And I just want to say, uh, at the end of the day, you don't need other people to validate your identity. You know, And I think if you depend on others to validate your identity, you, those, you give people more power than they should. So that's all I got to say. Wait a minute, you're referring, to, you're referring to Black Panther and people's reaction to it? Yeah, the whole media I think the complex point. in general. No, I, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. Well, you know, to kind of go into that without being too verbose, he makes a profound point, and that's something that, I mean, you know, the, like the Moist Watkins, as you call him, uh, Sergio. <laughs> I mean, you know, he you – know, I, I think his head must be exploding stuff, today. But go ahead. Well, some of this stuff, some of this stuff really is about, you know. Listen, enjoy Black Panther. I'm going to see it again. Yes, I'm going to see it again. But uh, look at it at least with your eyes wide open. Don't be completely a corporate shill. Understand that, like I have uh, Paul Louise Julie uh, on our show, and, I, and I'm going to have more content creators because I don't want it to be the conversation to begin and end. At Black Panther, I just put his his link in the chat room. Uh, I also put our own Patreon link to listeners also in the chat room. But I, I want folks to understand that you know whether it's myself, Claire, the Uncanny Darrow B, Captain Kirk, all of us are trying to to show you and discuss different things. Uh, unfortunately, mainstream is not even going to allow for there to be a a minority themed uh, a pop culture discussion show. You know, it's always about uh, Han Solo's new film. It's about Ant-Man and Wasp, but when it comes down to black, brown, yellow, and red product, all of a sudden people, well, what's that? We don't understand this. It doesn't fit in with the bottom line. This is the first time that we have something this big, and look, and again, I have to repeat this. Repeat this. Why is a black fantasy this goddamn controversial? This, this, it, it's like, it's a spectacle because it's rare. And it shouldn't be rare. Black children, uh, children of all hues, should be allowed. This was this is what was said last month at the uh, Schomburg uh, Black Comic Book Festival, and it, is, it, is, it stuck with me. Why is it contra- it should not be controversial for children of color to dream and to mythologize? Well, I saw uh, the, the latest trailer for um, for Mission Impossible. How many Mission Impossibles have there been? 
what is this, like the fifth one? Fifth? I don't know. It's been so many, I can't even. The sixth one. We see, uh, it's called IWM, uh, Impossible White Man Movie. Okay? Listen, I love Impossible White. I love Impossible White Man Movie. But you change the hue on the, on the protagonist, all of a sudden, well, we can't believe that. We can't believe that. Well, the we can't believe yeah, a white it's, just a, it's just a numbers game. I mean, this is nothing to do with. I mean, we have to take away the whole ideal, you know, ide- you know ideology, whatever you know, systems, whatever thing you're trying to put forward. At the end of the day, there's, this country is seventy percent white. Period. Thirteen percent black, a little bit more than that. Other, you know, other minority groups. And that's all it comes down to. The market dictates that. And they're saying, and these people who make these films and all this stuff. They're just trying to make a buck. They're not trying to advance any agenda. They could care less. You know, I mean, they don't care. Then, then that's what I'm saying to you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, shouldn't matter to me, you, or any other person. I'm black. You're black. We have people of other different races on here. Why in the world do you need anyone on TV, movies, whatever, to validate who you are as a person? I mean, you're an individual. I mean, just because, let's say, for example, you and I may be black, that doesn't mean I have your best interest in mind, or do you have my best interest in mind? And I'm pretty sure life has taught all of us that the vast majority of people you deal with in life do not have your best interest in mind. So what does it matter whether what they think of you? Or they validate your identity, or if they think you're this or think you're that, that's all nonsense, man. It's just, it's just something. It's it's first world well, problems that we have in America that the rest of the world looks at is like, come on, man, look how much food you have, look how much freedom you have, look how much opportunity you have. Really, you're going to complain about being underrepresented in the media? I mean, come on, man. I think we're, I think we need to have some perspective here when it comes to life. Well, well, listen, the, the, and I'm gonna, if you have another call, I want to bring him in as well, him or her. I hear what you say, and I, I understand it as a meta argument. The only problem is, is that um, the famed doll test from 1940. Um, I can't recollect the doctors. Uh, they're well known. Uh, Clark, Kenneth Clark, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Clark. 1940, they did this doll test, which ended up being a precursor to the um, board of education, the, the board of education, Topeka. Um, uh, case of 1954-55. Uh, in 1940, you had children, black children, that were asked which doll is beautiful. It's a very well-known test. A black doll and a white doll. These are children, baby barely. And the, the, the black children invariably went for the white doll. And then when they were asked about, well, um, you know, which doll looks like you, first they would say the doll was ugly, and then they would say, well, which doll looks like you? They had, to, they had to point to themselves. Do you, know how, do you know how damaging that is? So what I'm saying is we can't be so dismissive. I understand as, as educated people who know better, but the populace, you know, this is all propaganda. I mean, you, you, you don't tell Jewish people about Lenny, Lenny Reifenstahl and Joseph and uh, was it Mengele, who was the, 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 the uh, officer of prop, not Mengele, it was... Um, oh, no, no, Goebbels, I can't Goebbels. Goebbels, right, Goebbels. Uh, tell those people what propaganda does. This is all propaganda in some way. So we, it, it, yes, it would be nice to be high-minded and, and to think that this stuff doesn't matter. But it is a form of mind control. And that, and that when a teenager, like 10 years ago, revisited the doll test, it still, stood to, still, still stands the test of time, this insecurity. Now, the funny thing is, is that I'm looking at these... I'm not saying I'm better than anybody else. I'm like, damn, the doll, the doll with color looks pretty damn good to me. But I, I had to be reconditioned. The, the Oracle, my father had, 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 me, uh, had done some things for my wiring when I was a kid. 
But if I didn't have the oracles to tell me, to show me, to, to paint uh, a, 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 Christmas, a white Christmas ornament brown when I was four, then that, that stuck with me. Now, people look at, look at that as daddy, but he knew that he had the presence of mind to paint a white Christmas ornament. And it's not to hate white people. I think all people are beautiful, all right? But he, that, that meant something to me where many of us didn't get that. So for Black Panther and all these kind of things going on, it is very important. And I have to confess, looking at these dark-skinned sisters kicking ass, looking good, chocolate skin, chocolate love, all that stuff, yet as an adult, I still had to say, hmm, that's mighty fine. I, I, but that's not what they want us to see. So we can't be that dismissive about what this stuff could mean. And I see, I see other people. So I don't, I don't. Ha, I see other people of color, and I look at what they. I look at their faces. I look at their eyes. I look at all these things. As a black person, I appreciate that. I can see it. But if, but I'm telling you, if you if, if you keep on having what we normally normally see as white is beautiful, white is right, all these kind of things, it is very damaging to people of color. Right, no, I, I understand what you're saying, so I and I agree with I most of your points. A, but it's a little, it's what I'm just saying is that this is this this is this is a first world problem. Is what I'm trying to say, is that as Americans, people, you know, this is just an in general actually, thing in our society a, actually, that Americans actually, team have have a lack of perspective on the world what? history and where go, we are. If you go that, to, that's my point. Go to Africa. If you go to Africa and you go to the go to Asia, and you go to uh, Brazil, South America, they got lightning cubes over there. So it's a first world to a third world problem. No, no, what, what, I, what I'm if talking about when I say when I say first world problem, I'm just saying like on the list of priorities in your in your life, well, this is like at the absolute bottom. I mean, it sh- I mean, it shouldn't even be significant to any degree because at the end of the day, is this going to reflect how you di- how you handle yourself, how disciplined you are, how you manage your money, how you raise your children, the, the morals you live by? That's what I'm saying. It's superficial. Well, I hear you. I appreciate it. We got more calls. Continue listening. Let's go to let's go to another five one zero. Five one zero. Okay. Maybe that was the sign. I, I thought it was a different caller. All right, Cap. Um, any 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 more on this? Is there still more we have to get into? There's other other topics, believe it or not. But uh, what are your thoughts? We can take yeah, a quick I think break. We should go to Go to the musical break. Come back. Okay, we, uh, Paul. Still, if you're still with us, hold on with us. Um, we still got a little bit more show. If you'd like to hang on, we still want to push your product. Uh, we got to hear from, of course, Claire Lene, uh, the captain. Uh, Serge is still on on our line. Uh, I tell you, I tell you what. Um, after after discussing uh, Black Panther, I, I actually want to get into something a little bit a little bit more. I, I was I was reluctant to get into this, but some folks wanted me to bring this up as well. Kind of on the same tip. Laura Ingram versus LeBron James, believe it or not, it's still kind of, it's kind of sort of related. Believe it or not, it's all, it's all Black Panther indirectly and directly. <laughs> I'll leave, it, it, it's amazing. I'm, I must say I'm amazed at the times that we're living in. I feel like they're bringing us back to 1960. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Anyway, folks, uh, this is the Grindhouse. The call and number remains the same, 646-915-9620, 646-915-9620. Uh, we're going to go to a quick groove, give you about two minutes, and then we'll be back into the discourse. This is Raphael Sadiq 
Good man. Two minutes. We'll be right back. Let's groove. Could you ever walk away After all I've done for you I feel like there's a knife in my back You might as well I'm a good man, and thanks to you, 
Okay. Hello. Is anybody uh, able to hear anything? Cap? Clear? Sergio? Anybody alive? Uh, I'm not even sure if we are actually on the air, but if folks, if you're listening to my voice, I'm calling in from work. So it's Daryl B. And unfortunately, it sounds like everybody's been knocked off the air. Daryl, I'm on. I just got back on. You're on? (laughs) I just got back on. I got knocked off. There it goes, because I was listening to your guys' convo, and then all of a sudden the song played, and it was darkness. I was like, oh, snap, you guys got yoki-doked. All right, this is what we got to do. Put your two cents in, or three cents in, Daryl. All, all right. right. Uh, no spoilers, see. no spoilers, but go ahead and talk. All right, Black Panther. Simply put, best Marvel movie for me, personally, to date. Personally, all right? Technically speaking, Winter Soldier was a better movie. All right, technically speaking, but I said it. I said it before. I'll say it again. In terms of me personally, what I've been waiting for for a long time for the Marvel machine to do, this movie had it in spades. Okay, all the uh-huh. things Wonder Woman, all the things Wonder Woman failed to do with in regards to the Amazons and representation and and not relying on a man to solve problems. This movie did everything about a strong black male that we've been waiting for from these movies. This movie did, and how Killmonger probably the best Marvel villain to date. Not saying the most <laughs> fun villain that was Loki, but hey, you you want to know what makes a great villain? A great villain is a villain you can sympathize with, but when he freaking makes makes his moves. You realize, yeah, I can't go that far. I can't. Well, go, you see, yeah, now, he, now I have to say that's, as I mentioned earlier on the show podcast, that was my feeling. I mean, I came out of the theater saying, I, I was reading for, I was reading for the wrong guy. In fact, I wanted to see him somehow the movie make a compromise where he kind of wins, you know, <laughs> kind of well, kind of gets what he wants, you know. <laughs> well, okay. I, I already told friends that uh, people don't realize that Kugler get planted a very something that did in this movie that never happened in the comics. By the way, since you're not a comic reader and a lot of our listeners don't really know the comic stories that well, T'Challa only beat Killmonger once. He in the comics, the history, total history. He has only beaten Killmonger once, all right? And that was during the Hudlin run. Once, and that required outside aid <laughs> from, from a character, uh, Spectrum, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Monica Rambeau, and he didn't even ask for her help. Once. All the other times they fought, it was either fought to a stalemate or something happened to end the fight prematurely. He Never outright on his own beat Killmonger in the comics. I'm talking McGregor. I'm talking Hudlin. Well, 
huddling, like I said, that I'm talking priest. <laughs> I'm talking list. He has never beaten Killmonger. All right. So that's something that happened in the movie that has never happened in the comics. <laughs> one on one, never beat him. But this is this is the other thing. Quick, and uh, hey Cap, how much time do I have to Vogue here? Well, I guess we've we'll, we'll, we'll keep going until you gotta leave. Keep going. Because... You got to leave. Yeah. All right. I'm, All right. I, don't I know got. Where, uh... I... Is. All right, I got going. one more thing for you. I I, po- I posted this on the Twitter page, and um, if if folks, if you see if you see my ramblings, I did a lot of retweeting of people's stuff. I did a lot of retweeting of people's opinions. I went uh, forward and back, and I took opinions from all sides. Listen, they have set themselves up for two things now that that. They should just drive a truck of money up to Coogler and say, you can do these two things. The situation where they put Nakia and Shuri in, okay. I, can, I can feasibly see them discovering a, no, a young prodigy called Riri and teaching her the way of heroics. Wink, wink, nod, nod. Mm-hmm. With where they're left off. That's A. B. You drive the truck of money up to Kugler and Black Panther 2, you would uh, introduce his, uh, uh, Mozambi, his, his, his Joker-type villain. You would increase uh, um, his mom's role, give Angela Bassett some shine, and you could do that. And in the third film, that's where he's made all his connections and he sets up his mighty Avengers. Well, first of all, Marvel has already sort of... Let's back up, Daryl. Explain who Riri is, so people should know, but explain that. Okay. Riri Williams, if if you've ever listened to AfroNerd Radio before, you know we've brought her up. She's the replacement for Iron Man. Or she was the black female college student that built her own Iron Man suit, and when Tony Stark got felled, she became the new Iron Man. The problem is, the Iron Man franchise hasn't come close to introducing anybody of color outside of Rhodey, and Rhodey's paralyzed, or he's coming back from that injury. So there isn't somebody to take up that mantle. All right? Hell, I've I've even said if we can't do that, have Kugler do the second Black Panther movie, and in a nod to the original continuity, invert it and use Black Panther to introduce the Fantastic Four and Doctor Doom. If we got the licenses back from Fox, hey, we know through the Hudlin run how much the Von Doom and T'Challa were going after each other. Make Von Doom the second, the protagonist for the second movie. Have him be the the guy pulling the strings, or the, and this one and this one will make Afrinerd happy. Second movie, use that to introduce Namor and Atlantis. I'm just saying. Right. Here's the thing. Here's 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 the thing, Dad. When you talk, you mentioned characters Von Doom. You mentioned characters Namor. Yes, comic heads, but we also got people who are not comic heads and don't know these characters. You're just talking 
and you're running, you're running, and running. You got to explain the characters. <laughs> That's oh, what you have to do, hey, man. I'm, I'm, listen, I let you guys do your exposition here. I'm just, I'm talking as an excited blurred right now. I I'm understand that. I'm feeling. All right. I hey, understand. Okay, for the folks, for the folks out there, Fantastic Four. If you don't know them by now, they are the Marvel team. Seventy-five percent of of the Marvel Universe was introduced through the Fantastic Four books. And that's Reed Richards, Johnny Storm, Ben Grimm, and Sue Storm. Okay? A.K.A. Mr. Fantastic, Human Torch, The Thing, and and, uh, Invisible Woman. Okay? Doctor Doom, self-explanatory. If I have to explain to you who Doctor Doom is by now, yeah, there's no helping you. Okay? But... But I'm going off on a tangent. Let me just let me just slow it down and bring it back. This is a great movie, okay? And it's everything a bird could want. The fact that some black people are attacking this movie without doing their own research is the reason I've lashed out at some black people. For Wait a minute. I'm here. Black people you are attacking the movie you got outside of... Uh, Outside of uh, Armin White, and you expected that from him anyway. I haven't heard oh. any attacks from any black people. Oh wait, wait, wait! No, 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 no! I've heard. I've no, heard hold on, can you, of, can you hear oh. me? Can you guys hear me? Yes, we hear you. Yeah, we hear yeah you right. Now. Um, you. Okay, yes. Yeah, that, oh, and, and, and I'll probably have to leave pretty soon. But I go like because I didn't expect to be on, but um, I I just go like yo, I'm I'm reading it, and all of a sudden I hear this take about oh. I don't understand how black people could like this movie because it shows that, that how, how the CIA subverted Wakanda and all of a sudden Wakanda is a CIA thing. I don't you got to get off you those watch... crazy websites, man. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. That was... <laughs> wait, no. That was not off a crazy website. There was a long Twitter dissertation. And, folks, if you go to my page on, on Twitter – I did a thing like, you guys don't read, right? You don't, you, you don't know who Everett Ross is. And I pulled out two pages to prove that what Ryan Coogler did was one of the greatest jobs of combining Priest's vision and Hudlin's vision of Ross into a single character, and he just about nailed it. All right? So just to, to sum up, all right? Ross helped Wakanda. It wasn't the Americans that helped Wakanda. It was Ross that helped Wakanda. Right? And if you read the damn books, you would know this. We told you for months, pick up Priest. Pick up the damn Hudlin run. You could go to your library and you could do research before the damn movie comes out. So you have a feeling for the characters. All right? I think they nailed just about every character in this without spoiling anything. I think, hey, they even nailed the land of the dead right. The problem is, you know what? Ran out of time. That's it. <laughs> Simply just ran out of time. As soon as you got so in, that fight for me ended way too fast. You know, I could I could have had them fight forever, but that's that. But that's me. But again, All right, guys, Dow, one more thing, enjoy Dow. the rest of the show. Have fun. Dow. So you said up? Civil War is better. <laughs> what? So you said Civil War is better. 
No. I okay. I have uh, Winter Soldier first. I have this second, just in front of Guardians of the Galaxy, and then Civil War. That's my okay. top four. Okay, because un- unlike the caller you had before me and before the break, representation is goddamn important. All right? Okay. Black women. Black women. Not light-skinned black women. Black women were re- represented. Black <laughs> men were represented. Nobody well, was Hold on. Hold, hold on. Hold on. Let's, let's, let's be respectful. We're talking about black American people. Light-skinned black people are black people. You, you tell Malcolm X he ain't black, we have a problem. We're just talking no, about but, a specific No, but let me finish. A specific shade because of how things work got some rep I don't want to use representation. They got some shine. But let's not get into who's blacker than now because this is an Afro nerd show and they would they would they would think that our black asses aren't black enough either. So I just think that for for, for the, the uh the issues with phenotype and all that kind of stuff and hair texture, we understand that. We understand what that means. But let's not get into this whole thing about, well, this is real black people, because there's no such thing as a real black person in this time and time and place. All right. Let's but be respectful. Didn't, but, but didn't we have this conversation before when it came to several biopics about the black people being a little outraged that some of the historical figures that they were choosing, they were choosing to bronze them instead of actually getting – dark women or dark men to represent that. This is one movie that was unapologetic and saying, we're showing the black diaspora here. We are showing well, black well, people. Well, and well, we, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Go ahead. I only Go have ahead. a few seconds here. You can take me down that. after I leave. All right? And I will. Go ahead. All right? But <laughs> I'm just saying, Kugler did the damn thing by showing, hey, hey, Everybody had a chance to shine. Everybody had a moment in this movie. And you saw everything, everything that you could possibly fit in there in the, the, the allotted time. And that was great to see because, once again, black people from all over could see themselves in a movie, could be proud of themselves in a movie. All right? Hey, like I said, representation is damn important. The only reason why I say that, Daryl, and again, let me apologize to the folks that I had a, a, literally a power outage that I had to rectify in a few minutes. I had a power outage and everything went black, literally. So anyway, everything's back up. But uh, I, I'm, I get a little, a little weary when we get into um, skin tone discussions and, because this is, this, this is a fantasy. It's one thing to, de- to, to, to depict uh, a historical person. That's one thing. But in fantasy and also being true to what Africa represents, there are a whole myriad of skin complexions in Africa. And, and we don't want to get into, quote, unquote, the colonizer's language, to kind of go off of what the, uh, sh- the movie was about, into this whole thing about who's blacker than now. Because a red-hued Malcolm X, did, and, the, and with the, the assistance of the Oracle, gave me my blackness. It was Malcolm X, as a fair-skinned black man, that said to me, Look at your dark skin, uh, be ab- admiring of it, realize who you are. So they, they, we can't get into this real black thing. There's no such thing. Once we got over okay. here on the ship 300, year, 300 years ago, the idea of what is black was already out the window. That's okay, it. But, Matter of fact, but, in my opinion, but, in my, let me finish. In my opinion, I've seen a fair share of fair-skinned black people that had a better handle on blackness than your darker-skinned black folks 
that are doing all kinds of weird things to escape it. Shout out to Sammy Sosa, by the way. And Michael Jackson. But at the same time, as you say that, at the same time, and Prince died with Zafro. I said that's it. At the same said. time, as you say that, all right, tell me, tell me the mainstream movie, the a release for all audiences that had as many dark skinned black people front and center without uh, doing the, res- the reverse re- vital uh, uh, test, okay, without relying on white. Interruption. <laughs> where, deferred, we weren't, where, where we were all in, in positions of power or posi- main positions in the story. That's what I'm saying. Again, this is one. Again, this I, is, I, I defer to Kanye West and the white man get paid up all of all of that. Who okay, makes the triggers? But, that? That's, you're acting like we control that. Anytime there's a, a discussion on who they prefer to put where. That's not us in control of making that of making that decision. Okay, so but but again, this is this is what I've been telling people. This is what we said on the show. We got our damn movie. This is our damn movie. Okay, it may be white things. That, now, what are we going to do with it? All right, you're, you you've already highlighted your your Hansen and stuff like that. To the people out there, I implore you. Okay, a book called Black Comics Returns came out. Go to your local comic shop or bookstore and try to pick it up. It was done by Damian Duffy and Professor Jennings. Go take a look. Look at the black talent we have. Go support those. All right? We've already talked about Lion Forge and Catalyst Prime. We've talked about stuff like Deshaun and his t-shirt, which I wore proudly to this premiere. We have all out there. We have these people in place. Okay? Go support them with your dollars. That's all. You all right. Can, yo, the Black Panther thing, this, this uh, euphoria will unfortunately fade in time. But we can build upon it now to get our talent seen, our talent out there. And eventually, now I want you the talk. same for Latino. I want the same for Arab. I want the same for Asian because we got a ton of talented, fine people out there. All they need is the chance. All they need is the opportunity, and all they need is our dollars. Guys, enjoy your show. All right. Okay. On that note, I agree with you 100. percent 100. percent Yep. All right. The great Daryl B. Of course, and uh, my apologies again for the power outage. I think Claire's persona non grata. Uh, all this um, technical difficulties. When it gets hot and heavy, things start to happen. So, I, I don't know. Uh, I got to go to the to the chat room. Uh, Milas Francis, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I got to get D-Bird to comment on Danielle Harrington's Sports Illustrated new swimsuit model. My reptilian brain can't stop looking at her. Black girl magic. Yeah, you know what? Um, I did see that. I did see that cover. And I had a partial reptilian comment. But I got to say something about this. Uh, and you may not like it. I, 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 can't, I can't really go in it like I used to. Because these times <laughs> don't really call for that. I'm serious. I'm dead serious. I, I saw, I saw it. a nice brain. Well, yeah. Listen, they don't want that anymore. Maybe they never did. I mean, listen. I, my, I've said this before. 
I said this before. We're in a we're in a weird place now, because you have uh you've had women, beautiful women, that have been able to capitalize and move forward in Hollywood, in sports, in in any vocation, based on their attractiveness. There's power in being attractive, but now I don't know if I really want to see that. I mean, I always want to see it, but now I I got to think differently. I looked at the. Uh, I looked at women, the, I I, I, I admit the, I'm, I have to look her up right now. I don't know who she is. Um, I haven't heard of her. I will tell you this. That I don't know if you talked about it before, but that La Negra. Um, yeah, Amara La Negra. Person, Dominican. Yeah. yeah. Holy mackerel! Oh, brother! I I'm over my. Oh my God! What a woman! I don't care. What a woman! Well, look, you know. Look. And, and by the way, by the I, way. I, Speaking for speaking for Dominicans, we apologize for uh, Sammy Sosa. Well, let me apologize for Sammy Sosa. All right. He's not the, he's not the only one. That's what's that's listen. You have you have people that don't have notoriety that are doing that. You know, but he's he's crazy. You know. He, yeah. Well, he's, you he's, know. He's, 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 and when the, when the person came on talking about well, you know, we can be. Uh, Bigger than that, and not pay attention. I mean, listen, this this stuff is actually damaging people in real time. Sammy Sosa thinks that way because of cultural penetration and conditioning. He just he, he his hatred for himself took to, to such a degree. Whether it was Michael Jackson, whether it was Little Kim, and so on, there'll be others that they don't get it. Of course, there are others, and I want to say it's, this is not the show. It will take an entire show to talk about the history between Dominican Republic and Haiti. It's not what you people will commonly think it is or what you hear in a shorthand. It's very, very, very complicated, and um, that's for another show at another time. Yeah, you know, I, I want to move on to a couple more topics. We can still talk about Black Panther. You know, it's, it's still open for discussion. Um, we, we, we really will be able to dig in maybe next week where we could actually get into certain plot points. There was some actual monologue and dialogue that uh, I think is integral to the discussion that we just can't get into because I don't want to spoiler, spoil anything for people who have not seen it. And the funny thing is, is that, you know, the captain looked at me again today and said, you know what, we may have to see this a third time. Because the second time, I was like, wow, I, this thing I didn't get the first time. Sometimes you get, you get so caught up in the spectacle. Now, I, I was just caught up in like, wow, look at this technological Africa. And then I had to say, oh, this is what he said? <laughs> That's what she said? Anyway, quickly, uh, there's a few things out there floating around in the, in the universe that's new. I see that um, Afropunk alumna Janelle Monet, who I, I want to be Storm. I would like to see her as Storm. But I'm, say, I'm hearing people like Rutina Wesley. And, again, it goes back to that whole thing. Well, we, get a, we get a chance to have a real black do storm. And, I, I, you know, I get it. But, again, this is, this, this, these, are, these are white men that, that made the, the, the determination to have Storm look the way that she does a, a, a fictional character. I didn't think that Halle Berry wasn't Storm. I didn't think that the younger woman actress wasn't Storm. She still had. She still was brown skinned with a white wig. But I know that certain, you know, uh, sensitive Negroes need to have the hue just right, you know, for a fictional character. <laughs> you <know>? Okay. <laughs> you know, have her, have her, have her, have her, have her in the toaster oven a little bit longer to make you feel better. I'm not, I'm not going to go that deep. 
maybe when Chadwick Chadwick played a, a darker skinned version of, of um, uh, why am I thinking? I forget it. Um, uh, Thurgood Marshall. That might have been problematic. Mm-hmm. I remember what Thurgood Thurgood looked like. So I think mm-hmm. in, for playing a historical person, I think you do need some accuracy. Even when Sidney mm-hmm. Poitier played the character, I say, okay, what's going on here? Okay, uh, Denzel, I give a pass because Denzel was so nice with it. I didn't think he wasn't Malcolm X. Let's keep it 100. I, when I looked at him, I was like, oh, Malcolm got, got in the sun a little bit. I, I think he wasn't that deep for me. Uh, historical figures, I have a different, I think it's different. You know, when you, when you saw, uh, we talked about it, uh, Sergio, when Gary Oldman plays um, Winston Churchill, I'm like, damn, the makeup on that is tight. I know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know, okay, see, so that, that, that's, in, you know, it's important. But, for, but now, you know, we need to have a dark-skinned storm. I mean, come on. It's, it's a fictional character. Let's, let's keep it. Let's keep it 100. Let's, let's stop that. Well, I'll, I tell you what, why don't you get La Negra to play the part? <laughs> well, well, oh, she, well, she better have some chops. She better have some chops. Um, well, she may have to talk, anyway. but she don't need to talk with that body. I'm telling you. Well, listen, listen. <laughs> but, uh, we, uh, you know, because we're doing this Patreon thing, it's gonna, we're going to get very, very close to doing an Afro nerd after dark that folks are going to have to get as exclusive. <laughs> I can see that. I'll be your host. <laughs> uh, well, hey, you're welcome. We, we, we can get down dirty and Sensitive, sensitive Negroes better be careful. <laughs> oh, so, you better so, be. So let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me explain to people. I'm going to put the link in the chat room again. I'm going to put this so far up your butt so you understand that if you want these things uh, to, be pr- to be promoted, if you want all this product to go out there with Sergio Mims, you hear from him, all this stuff, the next level is an Afro-Nerd after dark, but it's not going to be for public consumption. It's going to be a specialty offer via Patreon. So if you want to hear me, <laughs> me, the captain, Claire's ready. Claire goes into conditions because she can't curse. So we may have to do an after dark. It's going to go, it's going to go down. We're working on that. So that's a component to the Afro-Nerd machine. We, we, can, get, uh, we can get interviews. I want to get Reginald Hudlin. I think Reginald Hudlin's a friend of Sergio's, if I remember correctly. Um, I, yes, want, I want to hear him talk. I want him to come on and talk about Icon. That might be another thing we can talk about in a few minutes. Um, let's say that, I mean, we're still in the comic book space, Sergio, but if Black Panther represents the African component, an Icon story for DC, since people have this DC Marvel thing, maybe an Icon the movie. When you talk about, what is it, Ak- Akbar? Akbar, uh, Sergio? The black Superman? It was a bar. Is that right? the correct? A bar, a bar? Yeah. A bar. The first yeah. black Superman. A bar. a bar. That was made in 1977. Right. Right. So, Icon, courtesy of, of Milestone Media, is literally a black Superman coming from slavery. So, and he's a black Republican, mind you. So, there's a lot <laughs> of stuff. I kid you not. Science fiction, black Superman, slavery all the way to, let's say, Clarence Thomas. Maybe maybe Clarence Thomas is a little too harsh. Let me say uh, someone like Michael so. Steele. Let's say Michael Steele. All right. Okay. To be to be better, he's not Clarence, he's not Clarence Thomas. But if they put that on screen, so they keep on investing in the regular Superman that you all know. Maybe Warner Brothers might want to do a quick twist of fate and do a, a black Superman movie. Let's see what that how that works out. I'm just saying. Anyway, quickly, um, Dirty Computer. That's some project. I don't know what's going on. Dirty Computer, uh, courtesy of Janelle Monae, one of my favorite singers, 
who, whose sexuality appears to be in question, which really doesn't matter <laughs> to me. But, but, you know, hey, why people keep things secret? Hell, uh, Jamie Foxx is walking away from the mic when he's questioned about his old ladies. I don't know what that's about. I don't, I don't really keep, don't give a damn. Anyway, um, there's this, I don't know, 30-second teaser floating around of Dirty Computer, and it has Tessa Thompson of Thor Ragnarok. It appears to be some kind of love, uh, love interest. Uh, it's kind of, again, Afrofuturism. is a lot going on there. Uh, that, I think, has actually been shown before Black Panther. So I don't know what it is. I'm interested. But I think, you know, hey, she's a, she is a person that's been repping Afrofuturism for quite a bit. So maybe we, maybe this thing has legs. Let me let me go to uh, our friend Q-Storm. I see he, as soon as I mentioned Janelle Monet, I see that his phone line kind of came in. Uh, <laughs> Q-Storm, what's up, friend? Hey, can you hear me? Yes, perfectly. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was trying to get on. You probably saw a 336 area code come through. That was my hotel phone. I'm in North Carolina, and I was like, all right, Afro not running his mouth. It's 32 cents a minute, so <laughs> let me get okay, on my I cell phone. <laughs> um, is it too so late what, to get what, my thoughts on quick thoughts on Black Panther? No, give your thoughts, and also if you want to say something about Janelle, that's fine too. Uh, Janelle's fine. She, you know, take my money. That's all I got to say about her. Uh, okay. <laughs> with Black Panther, with Black Panther, uh, I just want to say, you know, I am happy to eat crow because I question whether or not Ryan Coogler was uh, was suited to direct an action-packed movie, a Marvel movie. <laughs> movie started off the movie. The movie started off slow, and the first fight scene was not very well shot, and I was concerned about it. <laughs> Who's, who's, who's laughing? That's her? I'm sorry, it's me. I saw something. Sure. I will tell you what you said afterward. Is that, yeah. is that what you're saying? If somebody posted a meme about Black Panther, I'll tell you afterwards. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. And, right. um, I, I know the, the camera moves were the camera moves were very basic, independent film type of thing. And I was worried, but then once he got to Korea, oh, Ryan Coogler shut me up. He shut me up big time. And this movie is one of the most mature, most level, most nuanced, most important film that Marvel has put out to date. And this is not a film for all people. All people can come and see it, but you know, only this film is only going to talk to a certain segment of this society. You could, I. I, I What's his name? Dr. Dyson, Michael Eric Dyson. He needs to stop teaching Jay Z and start teaching this film. <laughs> there, and let me tell you, Daryl is, is Daryl still there? I need Daryl. No, Daryl's not there. No, he, not he, there. He, left, he left. He left. He left. Okay. Well, I don't know if you all remember when we were talking about Civil War when yes. that first came out, and I actually broke up a little bit talking about seeing two black men talk on screen. You know, speaking right. an African language on screen. I I, I got emotional on that. That was nothing compared to how Michael B. Jordan killed, let me repeat that, killed, let me repeat it again, killed this role. His, his last few scenes had me in tears. And he was a villain, right? He was a villain. His methods were totally Trumpian. 
he was he was an evil character. He was a dictator. But that speech he gave at the end, a brother was wiping his eyes, trying to keep it, trying to keep the tears hidden from my son who was sitting next to me. He was devastating in this role. And for all those people who are complaining, picketing, trying to put up fake uh, uh, Rick Porter images of XYs being beaten and, and blaming it on black men, F all y'all, okay? This is not your movie, and, it, and it's our movie. It's our time. If you can't handle it, get the hell out of the kitchen. This well, movie well, is up there with I Winter know. Soldier, Civil War, okay? It's got problems. The CGI was a little dodgy, but this movie is a, a movie for the ages. It's for it's for the ages. This one. That's all maybe I got I'm not. Say. Maybe I'm not looking. Maybe I'm not looking that closely because I, listen, I'm seeing some of the stuff that's coming out with CGI that stinks. I thought that it, I thought the CGI was fairly. I mean, when you came down to the to the to the actual um, the sh- the ships, um, the you know the aircraft and all that kind of stuff, and just you know the inner workings of Wakanda, like Wakanda. First of all. Let's, let's be let's be one hundred. Um, There's a few times when he's running on the ground that looks sketchy. Yeah, but you well, know what? Thing, if we're gonna be well, hold on. If, if we're gonna be hundred percent, the the inner workings of Wakanda was superior to Asgard because we never saw Asgard like people walking around and like looking at like the the, the intricacy of this world. Like I, Wakanda looked like it was a real place. It, 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 that CGI was on point. Like looking at the, the buildings, the skyscrapers. When you look at when you look at Asgard, it is it's not it doesn't even compare. Wakanda Wakanda beats Asgard. Let's keep let's keep one hundred. It looks like an actual Bahrain, two thousand fifty, two thousand sixty. That's to me. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I thought that was I'm big. About, I thought that was big. Let me just say, like the scene where he's on the. I'm not going to spoil anything. You see this in that that clip that came out that I was a little bit worried about. The scene where he's that was falling up. with Killmonger, right? That was like that was that was CGI from Spider-Man 2002, okay? <laughs> and the rhinoceroses were a little the, the rhinoceroses were a little dodgy too. But you know what? Uh, I don't the know thing about is that. Story, well, wait a minute, man. Let me just say. <laughs> wait a minute. It didn't. The thing that it didn't matter. Matter. Okay, and I, I'm just this this film. I mean, it's 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 a great film. It's a great film. Look, I agree. I I hear you, but I I can't go with the rhinoceroses because uh, we see the Flash and King Shark and all that stuff. So it, you know, and we see Gorilla Grodd. I mean, it, it was it, you know, where on the scale are you going on this? Let me ask when, you a question. When the, when the animal when the animal licked the face. Of uh, Okoye, I mean, come on. I, let me, I bought let me, ask, let me ask you a question, Q. How about when he ran up the wall in the, the car scene? How did that look to you? Yeah, it was. A, I mean, I put it this way: it wasn't as good as what what I know CGI okay. in 2015. All right, all right, all right. All right. You, me and you were on the same page then, because I see what you're saying there. Okay, good enough. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to tear the movie. I'm not going to tear okay. the movie down for that. This movie gets four out of five stars for me. Yeah, but you have to understand, of course, when you do these large pictures with heavy CGI, yes. you know that they farm the special effect, certain special effects to different houses. 
Yes, so each house is going to be better than someone else's house. That's right. So there's some stuff that looks really good, and there's stuff that's like halfway, like, uh, because it's done by a different production house. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why you're always, until the standard becomes uniformly uniformly great across the board, which is still not after all these years now, you're still going to have those inconsistencies. But the reason I was laughing, this goes to your point. The reason I was laughing, somebody posted this meme which says, Welcome to Wakanda, a nation so advanced we fixed Forrest Whitaker's eye. And he got a picture of Forrest Whitaker (laughs) from before, and he got a picture of him from the movie. And I go like, yeah, <laughs> that's why I was laughing. You know I'm what? Sorry. You know what? You know what? I didn't notice that. He did. He, you know, something. Did he? Did he have the lazy eye? Because I don't think I noticed that. Yeah, I, I look at this one still that it looks from the movie, or it's still from the movie where his eyes are normal. He doesn't have the lazy eye. Wow. You know, ironically, the the actor they played, the actor that they cast the to play him as a young kid. And uh, next to Sterling K. Brown, he has a lazy eye. That's the yeah, hell of casting right there. I noticed right that, too. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I noticed that, too. I, I thought that, I thought it was, listen, I thought it was pretty solid. I mean, all the way around. I, I, got, I got the black Batman feel, which is, again, something that, you know, you take for granted. We're so accustomed to, it shouldn't matter. It really should not matter. But for some reason, it does. I mean, if 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 you see time and time again, time memorial of white faces it, with with doing amazing things, and you never get a chance one time to be amazing, that's the, I, I have to I kept on looking at wow, black people can do amazing things. That's, that's the one that was in my head. It was like wow, you know, even I will succumb to some of the some of the dancing uh, mentality. Even I will say, yeah, you know, it's about time. You know, a black man coming in. Uh, buying buildings. We see how many times we seen Bruce Wayne. Oh, I I, I bought the whole building. That, I mean, you know, and, we can't have that either. And Bird, this is why I might not be able to watch Black Lightning anymore. This is why I, <laughs> we go. Won't, I won't watch. Here. Listen to me. Listen to me. This is why I probably won't watch Luke Cage anymore. I'm tired. We, we need to get our heroes out of the damn hood. So that, like you just said. Our kids need to see fantasy. They need to see Negroes flying spaceships. They need to see black folks jumping on buildings and uh, punching superhero villains, not fighting Lala. This what I'm talking about. I, 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 listen, I hear, I hear you. I hear you. But listen, I look at some, th- some absurd things, too. Like, I, I happen to take a glance at Lupita Nyong'o's feet when she was pressing on a gas pedal. I said, damn, her feet look good. So I'm looking at everything, my brother. I'm looking at everything. But homeboy, uh, Cress, Cress Williams, he wears, suit, he, he wears fitted suits, and he goes to the haberdashery slash cube. I think that is big. Uh, the the, the uh, well-spoken, thuggish al- man, a man with albinism. I like that guy. I like the way he talks. He kind of gives me <clears> – he kind of went to the same acting school, acting school as Terrence Howard. When he goes, when he talks to the, to the to the young man that was paralyzed, and he says, "You know that 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 uh, you need to you need to check out that black light. That black lightning did this to you." I like that. I, I even like. I don't like Jill Scott normally, but I actually like her in this role a little bit. She's doing her Black Mariah thing. Uh, I like that Luke Cage gets coffee every once in a while. He's regulating some of these women. I know I ain't supposed to say that, but I mean 
black male sexuality uh, is important. So, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I think we have room to see all of them. And, and, and again, these characters have layers. Black Mariah, if you're going to show the street, at least put some layers to the street. Don't have it where we're just kind of mocking each other and it's just the whole tap dance, watermelon-carrying minstrel show. We could do – we could regulate, get coffee and, and all that stuff and fly spaceships with equal proficiency. I, I, th- I think that Black, Black Lightning is not empire with superpowers, thankfully. At least for the moment, it's not empire with superpowers. Thank God – because that's what they would really want to do. There's a little bit of thought in some of that stuff. But maybe what you're asking for is going to come true. You, I mean, I'm going to support – I am going to support A Wrinkle in Time. And I'm not the biggest Oprah Winfrey fan, but I'm on the I'm I'm committed to this now. We're on this we're on the Afro Future wagon. I just hope that the people that are dancing the people that are dancing after the showing of Black Panther that they come that they come for the rest of this stuff because my I'm inclined to think that they're going to stop at Black Panther. That's what the reason you why that, you, you brought up my point again. These people, everybody who is so excited and you can these videos of people dancing and. You know, uh, going, uh, you know, going crazy over Black Panther. It doesn't stop with this. Put your money where your mouth is. Do is this what you want to see? Do you want a? Do you want as we've been talking about for this whole show and always talk about this new representation? I shouldn't say new, but we want to see alternative representation of Black people in media, in films, in television, in music. We want to see this. The only way people are going to get their message is with your dollars. So all you people who are excited about Black Panther, you know, come out and see A Wrinkle in Time. Come out and see, or on television, watch Atlanta when it premieres next week. Watch, um, you know, anything that is different from the norm. Don't watch the last OG that showed us coming on with, uh, what's the guy's name? Tracy, Tracy Morgan and Tiffany Haddish. I posted the trailer on, on um, your, your Twitter page. It's just straight up coonery. You know, a guy who gets out of prison after 15 years for selling crack. Right there, you know, we got problems. And don't watch that movie that... I'm just going to say, don't watch that movie with David Oyelowo. You mean Gringo? Where he's he's playing a fool and running around screaming his head off. Yeah, Gringo. Don't watch that. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You know, uh, somebody says here, A Week of Timeless Girly. Yeah, it is, it is a movie for children. It is a movie particularly for young girls. I can't deny that. But young girls go see movies. I'm sure there are a lot of young girls who are going to see Black Panther. I'm sure they will love to go see Wrinkle in Time, too. And you know something else? And i, I got to be honest with this. Uh, maybe, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. I think Tiffany Haddish is a coon. I don't like the way she, she the whole she's got this yes sir yes yeah yes girl it's a little bit of that, it's a little bit of that coonish thing going on and I, and I know that sassy you, you gotta be careful see after the Black Panther like the, the young woman that called up keep it in one hundred she 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 said she's tired I'm tired of people playing these what's our friend uh, uh Mr Bo, Mr Bogle Sergio what he Donald laid this Bogle? down th- laid this down Donald Bogle like thirty Bucks, years Tom, ago Bucks Tom's Malami Mammies and Mammies and Coons. Right, we're still we're still portraying those paradigms. I mean, that that still sticks. The sassy, neck shaking black woman. Really, you saw the Dora Milaje 
kicking ass being regal, not taking shorts. And we still got Tiffany Haddish. Uh, yeah, girlfriend. Really? I mean, it's, it's enough. That's the one thing I will say after looking at the Black Panther that may, I felt like, are black people going to still do this minstrel thing after seeing this? I, I'm like Q. Q listens to the show for a reason. We, we're all brothers here. When I, when I'm look, when I first saw uh, this, this type of Africa, even Africans, even though Africans, Africans are going to dissect and deconstruct this as being some kind of hodgepodge, and that's their right, we don't know what it means to be African. We, we, we're guessing. We're, we're, we're in the dark trying to find a light. Okay, that's people 100 as far as African-American. They know what it means to be African. And even they are saying, wow, for an, for an Africa to be imagined that way is big. And I got emotional. I was like, wow, I didn't think <clears throat> to see Africa look that way. It is something. It does something to your, to your spirit and to your heart. I don't want to go and by back the way, to can I say I just love that hair hat joke in Black Panther? That, well, I didn't want to go there, but yeah, she said something. She said something slick, and and after right. the theater, when and after the theater, after the showing, the captain, myself, and and, and our crew, we we went to a uh, a restaurant. I think the first time we went to the, to the restaurant next door to the theater, and it was a, a very attractive woman, black woman, serving us, and she had one of these elaborate uh, uh, Caucasian hair hats. And I looked at her like, wow, I really can't look at you the same way. Why are you still buying into this? It does make you feel a certain way. And I see, I'm in New York. There's a lot of black women invested in obvious, like really extravagant weeds. And there's something about it now where it's like, you know, this is this is a problem. This is a problem. We gotta we gotta cut it out a little bit. But you know, listen, you got people calling out Ti, and and then people are co-signing on that. You have people co-signing on Cardi B and all that nonsense. I don't know if things are ever going to change. I just hope it, I hope this isn't a wrinkle in time. <laughs> Uh, well, we, what it really means. You know, I cannot answer that question. None of us can answer that question. We'll just have to wait and see. How real is it we'll going to be? We'll just have to wait and see. I, I, I do know, is this good news? I do know that as, as of yesterday, box office analysts, who are usually okay predicting, they have now bumped up what A Wrinkle in Time will do its opening weekend. Um. You think it will do even higher now than what they originally pro- uh, projected? It very well could. We'll see. Can I say a couple things? Yeah, see, uh, for yeah sure. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I hit the wrong button on my cell phone. I, I, I shut off the call. So you were just talking about Caucasian hair hat. So I thought of you <laughs> in the scene. In the, you know what I'm talking about, right? In the scene yeah. where she, where oh, my yeah, girl yeah. took off, she took off the hair hat and threw it at the white oppressor. <laughs> right. Yeah, but, but not yeah, colonizer, man. We're, we're, we're going to go into more this next week. Cause I, we don't want to spoil it, but but Okoye, you know, when she was first kind of she was being ribbed by um, what's the uh, the, the Peter Nyong'o's character? She's being ribbed by, and she said something real slick, real dignified, but real slick, and it, it was said by somebody who is unapologetically black. I mean, and, and when you really, it was it was very subtle. See, it's a subtlety that really rings hard with this movie that I hope the dancers, the dancing Negroes are able to pick up. That's why I'm a little, okay. I'm a little uh, in my way about that cue. I really mean that because there's a, the movie seeing it a second time has so much, has so much of a profound thing going on with it that I don't know if the dancing people are going to get it. Don't dance to dance to the point 
where you make this into a trivial kind of thing. And it also shows us how thirsty are, we are. Black, black people are really thirsty for some quality, uh, 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 dignified imagery. So if you're that thirsty, are you still going to continue with the Migos and the Cardi B's and all that stuff? It, it, does, it does put us in a certain place. I don't know how, I don't know how real is it going to be. Is it really going to be? Is it really going to be real? Let's put it that way. Well, real quick, and I got, I got to defer to Sergio on something. You know, Sergio said something for a couple of weeks, and I have to, I have to, I have to apologize to him in a way. Because, you know, you were going on and on on Twitter and even on the show about some of the preceding things in cinema where why is Black Panther being positioned in a certain way? You know, when you talked about a bar of the Black Superman or Shaft and all these other heroes, and putting them in, a, or even Blade, or even uh, Meteor Man. You know, you know I, I, it, it, when I saw the dancers, that I said, you know what? Sergio was effing right. Because when you, when, you, when you do have the people dancing, I understand people having, quote unquote, their black joy, even though I even say, hate saying it that way. We have people that are in a fit over this and wearing their Zamunda shirts, connecting Zamunda with Wakanda. All that stuff. I get it, but. When you, when you discover Black Panther as of 2015 versus people who've been reading Black Panther since 1980, 1990, 1966, dare I say, some people, right? There's a, there's a process to this. It, it took Shaft. It took uh, Three the Hard Way. It took all that. It took, you had moments in time where there were other, there were other black superheroics, Pam Anderson and her fine behind. I'm Pam Anderson, pardon me. Pam Greer, Greer, please. Uh-huh. Yeah, Pam Greer, yeah, please. Pam, that's the conditioning. Pam Greer and her fine behind. All these things going on. There's a process of, of going on. It does trivialize all that hard work that people did. And, and I think we got to revisit Blade again or on um, the Mary Sue website. They were saying, Mary Sue said this, well, isn't it time now to take Blade off the shelf? So I think, I think Blade can even get his shine now. I think Blade would be – I would look at Blade differently now. Uh, Blade didn't really put his black culture as a forefront. When they say, like, uh, well, this is the first black, black-led movie, it is really kind of incorrect. I understand that, you know, black, it, you know, black writers, black producers, all that kind of stuff, that's important. But I think the larger argument is it's black culture, putting black culture as a forefront in pop culture. You know, Blade didn't do that. So that, that, I think Here's that's what they're trying to say. Here's something else you have to keep in mind. Um, Wesley Snipes lately has been doing, I just even heard a podcast with him a few days ago. He's been coming out more and more because people are now giving props to Blade and saying, hey, wait a minute. This, was this technically, technically the first Marvel movie? If it wasn't for this movie, you wouldn't have the Marvel franchise. I argue that. Don't forget, there were three Blade movies. The first, the, the first one was a huge box office hit. And Wesley Snipes said, about a year after that movie came out, that he did not realize that black, a, a movie with a black lead could sell overseas until he did Blade. Because that film was worldwide. It was a huge hit in Japan. Huge hit in in in, uh, in Europe, and he was even conditioned to believe 
that his only audience was limited to here in this country. And it wasn't until he toured with that movie that he realized the impact that that character had on people across the world. So when you look at – so people are so surprised that um, uh, Black Panther is, is doing all this money overseas. You know, and I'm telling people, look, there, there's never been a question about that. This film will hit by next weekend half a billion dollars worldwide. Easy, easy, okay? And it's on track to do a billion. If Jumanji can do almost a billion dollars worldwide, why can't Black Panther? That, that's true. I mean, you know, uh, the captain, the captain told you that you know th- we don't, you know, listen, we got to give credit to the Marvel umbrella, the Marvel machine. Uh, I said this uh, really at the at the beginning of the of the of the idea of a Black Panther um, comic book movie. That uh, if black if Marvel can sell unapologetic blackness on a global scale, you got to give credit to Marvel and Disney. That tells you how powerful, you know, because uh, blackness oftentimes, you know, listen, we've been we've been conditioned to believe that it can't translate well. This may deconstruct things. It may, but how much of that is about Marvel, Disney, and their power? And it goes to show you yes, but- just how powerful they are. Now, now, now. The, the test is, it, when it's not a Marvel, a Marvel machine, can we see that level uh, of money being made? I don't know. Well, you know, here's the thing. The thing. Keep it well, once again. I can, I can pick and tell you other movies. Get Out, uh, Hidden Figures, uh, Moonlight. Did Moonlight made more money overseas than did the United States? These movies are making money, and here's the thing. Look, this is the real world. This is a global, multiracial, multi-ethnic world. That's why I do not care about what Ben Shapiro or what any of these white racists say about Black Panther. I've seen some racist mock-up Black Panther posters, which I re- people send to me. I, I, I don't even post them. I, I don't need them. I said, this is nonsense. I don't need it because the world, like I said, is multi-ethnic and it's multi-racial. And culture, black culture, Asian culture, it travels the world. You know? Let me, let me tell you something. It travels let me the tell you world. Something else. Let me tell you something else to our listening audience that they might find interesting. This is something I just thought of. I thought about this when we were eating after um, uh, this afternoon that we saw the second showing of Black Panther. Uh, the corporate structure is very adept at bleeding things dry. Now, if this thing, and I think it's going to turn out to be this way, because I'm seeing all of the product placement, I'm seeing all of the tchotchkes, I mean, it's, you know, T-shirts and all kinds of things, all those, uh, those, uh, all that aircraft that we saw in Black Panther, I can certainly see toys coming out of that. Just like you see uh, Batman toys, uh, we should see the same treatment, right? But I'm thinking, if they're going to be if they're going to if they're going to bleed this dry, Evan, we saw and we hold on. Let me put Q on on hold real quick because he's kind of. Uh, if we're going to see this to its full fruition, when you saw and it's not to give away too, to a plot point, but when you saw uh, how Black Panther answered the question somewhat of well, if this is so, if this country is so powerful, how come they didn't help out other black people during slavery and all that kind of thing? 
Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be interesting? I don't know if I've even, I don't know if I've even seen this in a comic book. Uh, the great Daryl B could probably answer this. What what does a steampunk Wakanda look like? Now let me let me let me open that up. I see somebody in the chat room already threw out there. Well, why can't why can't um, a blade fight vampires in Wakanda? That that's a point, isn't it? If if, if they allow us to fully expound even if it's a commercial product let's let's fully explore certain things right but see somebody says a steampunk wakanda could be lit i don't know if that would i don't know if it would even be uh, a netflix thing but if you're going to make this thing into a true star wars like mythology you see how star wars even if matter of fact even if it was a cartoon you star wars has all these different tentacles all these different ways of looking at star wars the star wars universe this is literally black Star Wars. So if when, when at during the times of slavery, let's say 18, 1860, 1870, just as you see an alienist showing you a, a, uh, a Victorian New York, right? What does a Victorian Wakanda look like? See, this is what I'm talking about, the black imagination. Uh, we call uh, the steampunk, there's also steampunk, the black version of steampunk. So, you know, if, if, if they're going to do this, do it the right way. Give us full expansion. I guarantee, uh, matter of fact, there's even talk about a, a Dora Milaje story. If it, but if there's a Dora Milaje story, we could see, I could see uh, a funded Netflix, whether a cartoon or a live action, steampunk version of Wakanda, when you first see an advanced African nation when even Europe and America were at a certain level. What would that look like? I'm just saying. Now, Q, you know, what do you think I, about that? You know, Steve, I, could Steve see, I, could see, I could see a earlier, sort of... Earlier Black Hello? Panthers. I could yes. see what do you think about a, that? a reboot of Blade, a more up-to-date version of Blade, who will play that part. Um, maybe Winston Duke who's in, you know, Black Panther, or... He's already, he's already in that. That, that role, you're going to see uh, M'Baku, he's still going to be doing that. Right. So, you know, so, but, you know, what, we're say, what you're saying here is that the possibilities are wide open. Will it happen? Will people take advantage? And by the way, folks, let me just add one thing. Do not think that we're just saying that Hollywood has to do this. We're no, talking about not. even stuff that can be done independently. I just found out last week, last week about a black superhero movie, a, a female black superhero movie called uh, Brown Girl Begins, made up in Canada by a young sister by the name of Sharon Lewis. Got a sold-out screening in New York earlier this week. It has not been distributed here in the United States yet. But from the trailer and from things I said, from the things I've seen, looks very interesting, and also it goes into African traditions and African culture, as does Black Panther. But it's called Brown Girl Begins, and so. But this is an independent movie, independently made. Of course, it doesn't have the budget of a Black Panther. There's another film I've seen made here locally called Animator, which deals with a brother who, once again, inherits this power from the griots that anything he writes becomes real. And I mean, there are other films that we're talking. 
that's what we're talking about. Independent and, black filmmakers and, also will take up the mantle and move and, forward and listen, with the idea of more representation, particularly in sci-fi and in uh, in Afrofuturism. And listen, on Wednesday show when I when I I'm not even gonna you know I'm not even gonna play the clips. I don't think it's I just don't want to listen to this guy. But when you talk about Ben Shapiro and he goes on and on, it goes it really goes into. Uh, white hubris. It is, you know, this is not the land-based all-white. You know, we have white allies, obviously, and people. You know, people are very. Uh, you know, it's very um, heart-fulfilling when you see e- people of all ethnicities that say, "You know what? I get behind black." I saw white people wearing Black Panther T-shirts and Black Panther paraphernalia. Now, think about that. When I was at this, just this afternoon, I saw white people wearing Black Panther paraphernalia, just like they're wearing uh, Batman paraphernalia. That is big, but if but if it's gonna be, if you're gonna go full tilt with it, no one thinks twice at Gotham, which is a prequel to the Batman mythology. No one thinks twice about Krypton, which is a prequel to the Superman mythology. So it stands to reason that we should be looking at a game, a steampunk, a steampunk Wakanda. But when you when you listen to people like Ben Shapiro come out, in his language, he was very Matter of fact about, well, what, what are you black folks griping about? Um, Catwoman wasn't enough for you? A Blade wasn't enough for you? But, you know, you could have, uh, my, friend, my friend Marlon was sitting next to me when we were looking at um, Black Panther this afternoon. And we were looking at all these trailers. Do you know how many trailers are out for this year alone? Every month, there's some kind of DC, Marvel, sci-fi, fantasy. I mean, it, it, we're on overload now. Right, so I mean that's cool. Listen, I love it for because we live this life. But at the same time, imagine the hubris that a person has to tell you, well, Catwoman, which was like twenty years ago, fifteen years ago, that you know, hey, that should have been good enough for you. While you have Superman and all kinds of other Star Wars, all that goes on as normal. The one moment in time for black folk, well, why are you making a big deal? Why do I have to suffer through you, through your, you black people? having a good time and, and loving yourself. It is, it, it is amazing the amount of, of hubris these people can have for a moment in time. I got to say that much. Kathy, I wanted still to there? Add, Go ahead. Go ahead, Q. <clears throat> I don't know how much time we have left. Maybe I don't want to... We got, we, got about, we got about 11 minutes. Oh, well. Probably not enough Go time, ahead. but... Another sub, some more other subtext in this movie. The biggest thing this movie told me was that, you know, and it might be. I know you're not going to change your show, and I'm not saying you should, but it could speak to a paradigm shift you might need to examine. And that is that when we talk about this movie, spoke about the class, the class ism in the black community. You know, we talk about different tier blacks on this show all the time. And what I took from the show is that this is why, from the movie, that this is why even though I may condemn certain things and I uphold respectability politics and this and that, I will still remain tribal because what this movie symbolized to me was that we cannot leave. Now, watch what I'm going to do here. We cannot afford to leave our brethren behind because they may come back and have something for us. That's what Michael B. Jordan represented in this movie. You cannot afford not to be tribal, or that path will come back to haunt you. 
I could go into more detail, yeah, but, but I think you know where I'm going with that. Well, you know, well, you know what? It's, what it also shows you too, though. See, there's a lot of layers. We're going to get it in next week because, unfortunately, we got to be respectful. But uh, you know, listen, there's five tribes, man, and they got behind the respectability politics tribe, didn't they? When it was all said and done. So that's what that issue I agree. as well. Is that I, we had, I, you know, I agree. The, the, I mean, we are so talking Michael about. Jordan, uh, go ahead, Q. When Michael B. Jordan came into the when he came into the throne room, talking that. Be careful. We're getting, we're getting, in, we're getting into we're getting to spoilers, so be careful. I'm not gonna say nothing. Oh yeah, you're right. I'll right, probably Yeah. Uh, well, anyway. You gotta be careful. He came to the throne. Keep it. Keep it vague. Room. Keep it vague. I will. I will. And then he started speaking Wakandan. I was like, oh, the message is clear. Don't leave. Don't leave your brethren behind because they may have something to contribute, even though you may not subscribe to their way of life. That that was this movie. You don't understand. This movie is so deep on so many levels for black people. It needs to be studied. Well, I, well, it is. There's a lot of think pieces, and I tell you something else. Regrettably, regrettably or re- regretfully, um, you know, the alt right has also listen. The, the irony is, the irony is, Q, is that this movie was so good that try as they might, they really, they really can't say it wasn't a quality movie. At, at the end of the day, we could talk about some of the little things here and there, but it was an extremely well-made, and, and it really, uh, with some of the other stuff that we normally see, there's plot holes. And st- it, there, were no, there were no plot holes. The one thing I liked about the film is that there were explanations for things. You know what I mean? I, I don't like things where you, they just kind of leave things hanging. It, that that kind of screws around with, your, with, with being, in, being able to enjoy a film. But the alt-right are telling you now, well, you know, uh, all that Trump is, is the, Trump is really the Black Panther. I kid you not. I kid you not. You have uh, well, gentleman, they're, they're, they're Daniel. Right to a certain degree. To a certain degree well, listen, you got, you, got, you, you, you got the da- Daniel Kaluuya character, the, uh, the great actor from Get Out. He represents the, the leader of, the, of uh, or he's, you know, the border tribe. He's the guy that's literally uh, protecting the border. He has he said something about uh, immigration, okay? Uh, you have you have a, 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 a essentially an ethno state that Barack Obama, Barack Obama, <laughs> well, I wish that um, uh, Black Panther is trying to maintain. So all right, all they're going to tell you now is that well, for all that Black Panther represents, Trump is trying to do that. See, so that's the funny thing is they can't really critique the film, but now they're going to actually. Usurp the film. Now they're going to take some of the messaging for their own purposes. I, that's the, that's but, how funny this thing is. But you got to be intellectually honest. be intellectually honest. Understand, they are not wrong necessarily. Black, uh, T'Challa was about closed borders, not sharing technology, but and, and that's very Trumpian. But at the end of the movie, after he got schooled by uh, Killmonger. Well, I'm not. I can't say, but we saw that credit scene, that post credit scene at the UN, and you know. Right. So uh, I can't say what I want to say, but yeah, yeah, don't he, get into he that. learned something. He learned something. Okay. So yeah, but you, right you, you have to be, we have to be all, we have to be mindful. But we have to be mindful that you know we are talking about white nationalists that are now they're going I'm to saying, take a, a a black story just like they will just like you see them 
Uh, they, they, they do this before. They, they, they make Dr. King. They say, well, why can't your leader be Dr. King? Why can't, you know, they talk so favorably about Dr. King. But when he was alive, he was hated. He was Dr. Martin Luther Kuhn. Uh, he was the most dangerous man in America. All, but when he's dead, everything is all good. That's the that's yeah, the, well, the, 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 the alt right. They're not going to go see the picture. They're not. Some, you know, I define well, anyone to go see they, the picture. They, they know something about it, though. Let's not be so naive. They, 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 they can know everything be, about some, it. Some, the, some, the biggest answer to them is for this movie to make as much money as possible. That's their answer. That is that is the answer to them. This this movie does a billion dollars over that, so then it just increases the powerlessness. You know, just frustrated white guys who have lousy lives who blame all the problems on black people getting everything for free. You know. That's what the deal is. That's what they've been taught all their lives. The reason why your life is so miserable is because black people got everything for free, Hispanics get got all your jobs, and women don't stay in their place. <laughs> but I mean, we got we got less than five minutes. We got about four minutes remaining. Let me let me throw this out there real quick. I, we didn't talk about it. You know, I barely wanted to speak on it, but I think Hugh actually thought said I should bring this up. What are your thoughts about the LeBron versus Laura Ingram Ingram thing? Isn't that that also kind of plays its role in this? I mean, to the listening audience, um, there's a podcast out there that, where uh, LeBron James was a participant. I forgot the young lady's name. Uh, maybe you remember. Uh, she's a, a sports analyst, I believe. She has a podcast. Jamel. They, anyway, they showed Jamel? them. No, it wasn't Jamel. It was someone, another one, another black uh, a female, um, uh, like ESPN, some, some sports analyst. Anyway, she, she has a podcast out there. And they were speaking very frankly about um, Donald Trump and his administration. And Laura Ingram was basically saying, listen, just stick to dribbling. And she commented on their poor diction and, as she, as she put it, ungrammatical uh, nonsense. You know, they're not necessarily educated people, at least the, the athletes. Um, what are your thoughts about that? You know, hey, boy, stay in your place. I mean, that's all she had to say. Hey, boy, stay in your place. Look, last year, less than 1% of Fox viewers were black. Less than 1%. Thank you. Carrie Champion. Carrie Champion. Right. Yes. Okay. They don't have black viewers. Their viewers are 60, their average viewers are 69 year old white guy. And they're not going to break the model. The model is that make black people the enemy. You know, what are you going to do about it? Oops, sorry. There's nothing you can really. There's nothing you can do about it. They can do about it. It's they're stewing their own hatred. Okay, fine. So, and Laura Ingram has been playing the racial card, what now for 20 years? More than that. You know what do you expect for her to do? Yeah, but I guess the issue is now they have. A, she has an administration. She has, you know, she has a lot of a lot of people and kind of a a following that has a little bit more resonance now. You know, it's different when. Uh, President Barack Obama was leading the country. Now, you know, you have a white nationalist literally running the country, and she feels vindicated. I guess my issue is that, you know, when you look at the footage of the 60s, when you saw the James Baldwins and you saw the, the uh, you know, um, uh, Stokely Carmichael's and all these other people, I mean, these people were some educated, well-spoken black folks that really were, you know, they put fire on you behind. I, you know, there know. is an issue when you have LeBron James speaking, and he does have poor diction. But but at the same time, so does your president. But see, no one says right. that. Right. I mean, okay. I, I, I could I could I could well, hold on. I could over I can overlook 
I can see that's the that's the irony, and this is this is the effery. You have someone like Laura Ingram, who when they when you go down the line, it's been a whole bunch of entertainers and sports people that agree with her that are just as sloppy, and I say in quotes, sloppy as LeBron James. But that's all good. We have to overlook that. But then you comment on the poor diction of these of these young men. But then your president doesn't have the best command of the English language, and he's running the country. So you're holding you're holding the a, a basketball player at a higher standard than your goddamn president. That should shut well, it down. You know, look, but they don't have me. They, they, they don't have me look, on the show. Look, Fox viewers don't understand irony. They don't understand that. I mean, it feeds into the mindset. Yes, I wish we had another. You know, James Baldwin. Now we're stuck with, you know, Dr. Moist. You know, I wish we had somebody who could go toe-to-toe <laughs> with these people. I wish, you know, or you got Michael Eric Dyson who wants to be a rapper more than a professor, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's what we're stuck too. with. You, you, you got, you got, uh, you, you got um, who's the gentleman's name uh, with the big afro? Why am I forgetting his name? With the, with Cornel the West. Cornel Corn, Corn, yeah, West. I mean, I mean, you got, we, we, we got, we're a mess. We, we got trouble, gentlemen. We are in trouble. <laughs> we are in trouble. I'm sorry to say. You know, I mean, you know, uh, we had Adam Clayton Powell. I mean, you know, Matt, you know, people were very sharp, black people, man. This, this, this is why I speak the way that I do. I was raised with these people. Ron Dellums and all these people. You know, you have some sharp black uh-huh. folks, man. Now we, got, we got, now we have LeBron James. You know, it, it is a little bit of an issue. Even Bill Russell and Muhammad Ali. And Jim Brown were different from cut from a different cloth than what we have now. It is what it well, is. Man, it's a different you know I mean? era. Ron Dallas, my God, wow, well, we could use Ron Dallas today. Yeah. But well, we got well, Dr. Moist. Hey. I mean, he could have another nervous breakdown. Go, you know, we got to wrap it up. We got to wrap it up. Got to wrap up. We're already a podcast, folks. We'll do it again. We'll break it down with spoilers. I trust. Trust me. We'll break it down with spoilers. Uh, going out with most depth. Claire, I'm sorry about the, the problems and our, uh, you know, literally I had a power outage, but, you know, we, we persevered. Anyway, mm. talk about um, pop culture. Zim Zalabim. Where does that come from? Johnny Quest. Zim Zalabim, most deaf. Next week, gentlemen, it's been real. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Ghetto people. <laughs> What's you? You and you and you and you and you and the front. Yo. Jack Johnson. Loud and stomping. Undisputed. Heavyweight champ. <laughs> of the world. Yo. I'm loud with it. No middle to high with it. And that's how I'ma live and die with it. All up and down you spine with it. Like Jim Zalabim, Jack Johnson. Yes, my dog ride with them. The most special, most ghetto, most mental, most valuable. Rep my avenue like it's the damn state capital. Come and travel through minds of better mark of greatness. Some slaves who hijack the spaceship. The hackers who can back the matrix. And build the road back to basics. And get y'all all off that strange shit. Did all these other cats run game with. It's tainted. Consider this the moment to change it. Now, Jack on sandstorm, never bow down. Back off or get clapped on right about. Wow. Wow. From east to the west, up north to down south. We show you how to really.
really make them all set bound. Show you how to really make the ghetto wild out. First letters that I wrote when I sketched the script town. I'm loud with it. No middle to high with it. And that's how I'm a living down with it. I shine with it. Prime with it. Revealing and recognize with it. The ghetto know what time is it. When I spit it. Man, I tell it. How iron lion strive with it. These dots and no string or not. I make them proud with it. And look alive and get on rock with me. Look alive and get on rock with me.